Hey, kids, do you like wrestling? Well, we like wrestling, too. We are Shake Them Ropes here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Myself and Chris Novembrino kind of doing a lazy river of wrestling criticism, going through the news and whatever happened in stateside television wrestling. And also, you know what? Sometimes we just like to watch old stuff and talk about that, too. Love for you to give us a listen. If you haven't already, we are Shake Them Ropes here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Here we go! Listening to the Emerald Flow Show on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to episode 50 of the Emerald Flow Show. We're a podcast on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the I think currently still existing Google Podcasts, but also kind of we have a kind of feed on youtube podcasters now uh just in preparation for google podcasts going away and you can really find us anywhere where good podcasts are found uh i am not gerard Detrolio, uh, as you uh, might have already realized uh, but i am paul Foch, uh, the other host of the emerald Foschlow, and uh, unfortunately something came up for gerard and he is not going to be able to join us for this episode so what I decided to do instead is I decided to grab myself a co-host, uh, and it is my pleasure to introduce to you the uh, Shindy Hon Tribal Chief himself, <laughs> VOW Zone, Jeff Andrews. Jeff, how are hey, you I'm doing? Yeah, not doing bad. Uh, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a departure for me. Normally I only pop onto these shows when I'm talking about New Japan or uh, Doomer posting about American wrestling. So uh, it'll be nice to talk about some other Puro that I can enjoy and some that I don't. Um, yeah, it should be fun. <laughs> I, I, I have seen some of your takes. I think, I think we're in for some uh, spicy debates, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> uh, so, yes. Uh, but kind of without further ado, I think we're kind of going to launch straight into uh, Pro Wrestling Noah. Uh, with the uh, actually maybe first of all kind of 
generally Jeff, uh, because it's something that I like to do when I bring on like a guest host. Kind of, what is your current kind of perception of pro wrestling Noah in general? Um, I I think my interest in Noah is really at an all time low. Um, I think the best guys on the roster, except for Kaito, are kind of regressing, and I think Kaito feels less featured and potentially less engaged than he has been previously. Um, I still think Go and Keno are some of the best wrestlers in the world, but after those guys and Kaito, I think the card gets very thin. Um, I'm not a uh, I'm not a good looking guys guy. Um, you know, I don't I'm not uh, I'm not a Jake Lee stan. I think he's fine. I was actually hoping New Japan would sign him when he became a free agent, but um, obviously my hope for that wasn't that they put the world title on. It was that he would be the third heavyweight uh, in the stable. So um, Noah clearly had much bigger plans for him than I was hoping New Japan would. Um, yeah, I uh, <clears throat> as far as like you know the, the shows they run, everything looks great from a production standpoint. Um, I can only dream that New Japan had that level of production at this stage. It's really, I mean, the shows look phenomenal. And I remember thinking that uh, during the Muda retirement tour, which I was doing again for, um, I just thought like those shows looked exceptional. Um, but I mean, really, it's, uh, you know, it, it just, I, I don't know how to explain it other than after losing Nakajima, who was, you know, my favorite non-New Japan wrestler in the world, my interest is uh has dwindled pretty heavily okay okay yeah no i think think a lot of those points are uh very fair and i, I think one of the major reasons i think for like why Noah's a bit of a malaise i think lies with kind of who used to be the champion but i think we'll get into that <clears> a bit more when we talk about the uh, main event of this show so uh, let's get into the show. So the Noah Demolition tra Stage 2023 in Fukuoka on October 28th from the Fukuoka International Center in front of 1,309 fans. So just for quick some notes on kind of that number. Um, it is about 100 more than the drew in Fukuoka last year, which that's not, I mean, at least compared to kind of how Noah's trend has been for a lot of like, shows this year, I guess at least we can say that it is up <laughs> in in any way if we kind of want to like frame this in a positive light. But I think really the main thing to keep this in perspective is that Dragon Gate in the same building for Final Gate in 2022 drew 2,589 people. So like nearly twice as much as Noah did yeah. here. And it's not like Dragon Gate right now is exactly a hot promotion either. So strange. I've always while it is nice that they at least kind of kept number stable, it is still kind of not great to see that like a promotion like Dragon Gate, which again presumably has a fraction of the budget of Noah, is kind of very easily kind of just trouncing them in terms of like drawing numbers. Uh, what did you think, Jeff, of kind of like the number that he drew here, kind of the crowd in general? I don't think it's a good number. I think we're long past the point where we can kind of deduce that the Muda thing maybe didn't set the company up long term for success. It was just a short term grab as far as you know money and 
fandom was concerned. Um, and, uh, you know, I think, uh, I think by and large, um, if you're pro wrestling Noah and you can't outdraw Dragon Gate at this stage when both companies are kind of not doing well, that's probably not a great sign for your prospects as, you know, the number two or even three company in the, the, the country at this stage. Yeah, I mean, we're we're really far away from them. Like, remember, because, like, not that long ago, they were, like, giving big speeches about wanting to challenge New Japan, and we're really far away from that point at this stage. Like, I, I don't think that's even really arguable in any way that, like, they are in no way, shape, or form, like, a threat to New Japan status as the number one company in the in However, Japan. if you'd like to have those arguments anyway, you can join the VOW Discord. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> now, to be fair, we had people doing a lot of arguing, but I don't think, like, I think even the most hardcore Noah fans in there, I think, don't make those points anymore. However, if you somehow, if you're somehow still like the last person on this planet that wants to argue that, then feel free to join us. <laughs> yeah. Just don't expect to not find people that won't push back on that very heavily. And a lot of them are like actual no offense too. <laughs> okay. Um, so we're kind of going to run pretty quickly through like the undercard because I don't think there really was all that much really to kind of talk about there. And we're kind of going to dig into a bit more into kind of the top four, but especially kind of the top two matches as well. So to kind of start off the show, uh, in the first match, we had Akitoshi Saito, Stallion Rogers, and Kai Fujimura defeat Mohamed Yone, Taishi Ozawa, and Yu Wada in 7 minutes and 49 seconds uh, when uh, Fujimura used a crab hold on Ovada. Nice little opener. Uh, Shuji Kondo, Siki Yoshioka, Ninja Mac Alejandro, and Teriyaki defeat Atsushi Kotoge, High 69, Ajime Ohara, Extreme Tiger, and Junta Miyawaki in 10 minutes and 14 seconds. When Yoshioka used the crash driver on Miyawaki, so Miyawaki's losing streak continues yet again, but there might actually be something that they're setting up with him at the moment, but that was happening on the last show as well. Uh, on the, not on the last show, on the next show. Um, then we had Kaito Kiyomiya and Ryohei Oiwa defeat Anthony Green and LG Cleary, the glut looking guys. In 40 minutes and five, fec uh, five seconds, when Oiva pinned Green. Wait, um, how long? So, yep. Yeah. Uh, 40 minutes and five seconds. Okay, sorry. I thought. <laughs> Four minutes and five seconds? <laughs> I, know, I thought 40. Oh, oh 40. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's a 40 minute undercut, <laughs> under random <laughs> undercut tag to set up a title minute. match. That went like 20 minutes. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, to be fair, I think those four could pull that. Oh, uh, well, I don't know about LJ. I think the other ones can pull that off. Um, I don't think I've ever seen LJ in a match that long. So I don't know if he could. But I mean, at the very least, they would put a decent match up yeah, on that. I... But yeah, I mean, in general, yeah. I'd like to see Oiwa. No, I'd on. like to see Oiwa get uh, some longer chances to shine. I, w I, I do uh, intend to kind of tune into Noah occasionally for his tag title or uh, his uh, tag title matches and things like that because uh, 
I've seen him mm-hmm. in wrestle now three times in the world. He's looked really good. Uh, and obviously, as the Shin Mahon Travel Chief, I've got to you know see how much stock <laughs> I'm going to put in him upon his return. So. Yeah, I think I think you can definitely put some stock into his return. I mean, me and Gerard have talked about this a bit, where it's like it kind of makes Noah look like shit that like this like young boy, this young lion just comes in and just gets pushed. But I think he is showing a lot of potential. I think he is definitely someone that like it's very weird that they're doing this like inter Japan excursion mm. with him. But so far, I think it's working. Like he is getting over, and he's clearly showing like. Like he's getting a ton of shine, and he is showing a lot of potential. I think help like it helps teaming with Kaito. Like for all of the dunking we do on Kaito, which also fun fact I actually looked at our analytics. It seems actually that's like a thing that a lot of people tune into is when we bury Kaito. So uh, as much <clears throat> as we kind of do that, he is still a really good. Kaito's wrestler. phenomenal. Uh, I I really don't get the hate. I um I mean I get it. He's a bit of a geek. Not like he had much choice at the end of the day. He's a, you know, under thirty year old in puro culture. That's just, I mean, if you know, no one, he was never going to get to tell Budo no. I never liked that argument. Um, he was never going to get to like, no, sorry, Muda, it doesn't work for me, bro. Like that was never going to happen. So I've always thought putting the blame on him instead of where it rightfully belongs was uh, a bit shitty. Um, I really enjoyed his G one run. I um, selfishly hope he leaves that. Uh, you know, I hope selfishly hope he leaves no and goes to New Japan, um, because you know uh, more young guys from New Japan is always a, uh, a perk, and Noah doesn't seem to have much interest in using uh, talent under the age of forty-five. Um, <laughs> so, you know, um, I guess Kaito can join a real company, or you know, wait till he's uh, wait till he you know, wait another what twenty years. Uh, well, to be fair, I mean, what I will say is Noah had, like, they have kind of moved away, like, post-motor retirement from only pushing, like, really old guys. Like, I think that if you kind of look at the current champions, they are actually generally a bit more on the younger side. It's just that they have kind of failed over such a long time to kind of properly position younger guys, like, in the right way that, like, it doesn't help business right now. But they are at least pushing some younger guys. Now, to be fair, a lot of those younger guys are foreigners, and historically that's not the best way to build business in Japan. No, it's not. But at least there's some... Like, I, I think the, I think actually... I, I would need to do the numbers. But if I actually look at the average like champion age in NOAA, it might actually be on the lower end of Japan. Ooh. Um, I don't know how old Jake Lee is. I know he feels old, but he feels old because he's been pushed for a while. Family. He's been around forever, but he also started pretty young. Like, I think... How old is Jake? I think Jake is 35, if I remember <clears throat> correctly. So he's around the same age. 34. Okay. So Jake is 34. So he's a little younger than Sonata. But isn't Keno yeah. 40-ish? Keno is 38, but then, for example, like, Dragon Bane and Alpha Wolf are like, in their early 20s. Like, they, they've they just been around forever because, like, they're luchadors, so they started when they were 16. So that's why they're 10-year veterans, but they are, like, still in their, like... I think they're, like, 23 and 24. Yeah, I guess I just don't associate um, their junior division with the macro trends of the company itself because it feels like the division they pay the least attention to. 
um, at least from an outside perspective. I, 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 I mean, I would, I, like, for example, like, the junior heavyweight tag mm. titles have very often, if they were on the sh same show as the heavyweight tag mm. titles, have very often been higher on the card, and they have, for example, used the junior tag titles as like main event for Kurikan as well, and that actually has popped some numbers for them too. Yeah, I mean, this, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. Dragon Bane in particular looks really good. Uh, the few times I've tuned in to see him, um, I do think uh, New Japan could afford to take a page out of their book with going with younger, more exciting talents at the top of the junior card. Uh, I think yeah. more so because. <laughs> Uh, not to get on a New Japan tangent, but I do think one thing that the other companies have they don't the, you know, the NOAA juniors work a junior style to me, a modern junior style, whereas the New Japan juniors right now sometimes come across like they're trying to cosplay heavyweight. And um, it really loses a lot of the uniqueness and flavor to me that you used to be afforded by the junior division, if that makes sense. You know what? I've actually for a long time kind of tried to put my finger on why I'm just so down on the current like New Japan kind of junior division, and I think you kind of nailed it there. Where, like, yeah, they they are kind of cosplaying heavyweights. Whereas I like for because for example, like the junior heavyweight tag titles for a long while were like one of my least favorite titles in Noah mm. because they just had these like endless stinger bullshit matches with loads of interference and just not very good in ring work. But kind of since they kind of pivoted to kind of like having like Yohei and Tarasuke and like Dragon Bane and Alpha Wolf and they, they just have these kind of like, they, ma they might not be the most crisp matches, right? But they're exciting. Like there's a lot of like action going on and like just people flying all over the ring and all of that. And it's you, like, it is just a lot, like it, there's a lot of excitement yeah, in them. Yohei and Tarasuke really, uh, really impressed me on the LIJ vs. Kongo show um, from the beginning of yeah. the year. Uh, they were really, they were much better than I thought they were. Um, and uh, so that doesn't surprise me. And yeah, I, I think that, I can see where that division is def is probably helping. And certainly in Noah's position, you know, you lean into that wherever you can. I just, I guess my perspective is I don't, um, I, I, I don't trust them to have the junior division be reflective of more macro trends within the company. Um, but yes, no, that's for sure. No, 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 I, I do, I do agree on that. Where, like, because for example, like I'm, I was also specifically talking about the junior heavyweight tag division, because the junior singles title very much is like not in a great stage. No, but yeah, yeah, we'll get into that a bit more as well. Okay, so then. Uh, to get back into the show, so uh, to kind of run for the undercut a bit more, Masakitamiya, Manabusoya, Daiki Inaba, and their, I think, still yet unnamed stable uh, defeat, Hideki Suzuki, Saxon Huxley, and Shui Tanaguchi of Real in 40 minutes, 37 seconds, when Soya pinned Huxley after a jumping DDT. Um, again, that would also make a lot more sense after the main event. Uh, Hayata and Eita defeat, uh, or not they don't defeat. It's actually a double pinfall finish against Daga and Yoshinari Ogawa in 30 minutes, 25 seconds. And the feud that will never end hmm. because... Okay, Jeff, as kind of someone that isn't really like a super regular on this, how long do you kind of think this whole thing has been like going on and like varying kind of combinations? Six months. That's nah, more like two years. <laughs> All right. 
Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, never mind. You know what? I have decided to take back all the comments I made about New Japan's junior division. Actually, that's not true. You know, we've had that same permutation of Kaiju Ishimori and Harugu going on for at least 12 years. Um, not actually, but it sure feels that way. So, I don't know. No, but this is like actually nonstop. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how I feel you about it. It's a tortured soul. <laughs> okay, and then uh, we have Katsuhiko Nakajima's last match in Noah, but he will soon pop up, brother. Uh, we know where he went, obviously, because he already popped up in all Japan, uh, kind of before the show even happened, which I don't know, kind of kind of made this feel a do, little bit do weird. Do you mind doing a brief detour on the Nakajima departure? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sure. I understand that the consensus is that he's a bit of a I don't know if prick is the right word, but... Um, no, that's exactly yeah, what he is. Um, but I will never not think that he was a huge dropped ball for Noah in this particular era. Um, he, I mean, he is one of the greatest wrestlers in the world. Just flatly. Yes. Um, he was a wrestler yes. that had a genuine connection to the fans. I understand his first run wasn't gangbusters business, but I don't think he was set up to succeed in any way. I think he had an almost identical arc to Naito, where his second incarnation uh, really fit him substantially better than what he was typecasted for initially. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I just think never going back to him fully was an incredible missed opportunity for a company that couldn't really afford to have one. Um, it's it's just a sh- See, to me it just feels yep. like a shame of um, yeah, part of it's his fault. I'm not trying to uh, take away from that. Obviously, you shouldn't be shoot KOing uh, partner companies, champions. <laughs> um, you know, the rep- if your reputation for being a prick, breaking people's collarbones, even if those people later, ter- oh no, wait, draw. Sorry, he broke a straw. Uh-huh. Not pay- breaking people's straw, even if that person then later turns out to be a sex offender. But that's beside. Yeah, well, okay, we should be- he should get some forgiveness for that, right? Um, but I mean, yeah. In hindsight, actually, that one looks way better. Than yeah, yeah, yeah. Nakajima is actually a hero uh, on par with the Great Okan. Um, but you know, yeah, I don't know. I'll just, I'll never think like that. He couldn't have been more than what he was positioned as. Um, and I think that's a shame for a company like Noah, where he was still relatively young. I mean, he's, I think, if not the same age as Jake Lee. Very close. Um, yes, he's another one of those guys where he just started super young. That's why he's been around like forever at this point. Like he's been around since like the mid two thousands. Yeah, which is insane. He, but yeah, he is only he's only in his mid thirties now. Yeah, like he is peaking. Yeah, so I, I just wanted to at least touch on that. I uh, I'm a big Nakajima stan, and I really don't care about the backstage elements of his. Uh, you know, tenure there, so I'm obviously, you know, maybe not the best person to give that opinion, but I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I wish they would have done more with him. I mean, 
So until like very recently, as in like a couple of days ago, I would have very easily disagreed with you just simply because he was a champion twice and business really bombed when he was champion twice. And I did think that for like the second title run, they did do a lot of good work of building him up properly, kind of really kind of having him adopt this new character, forming the Axis team, kind of using that to build him up, have him turn on Go to kind of get more heat on him, and then kind of, you know, like have him win the N1, and then like, and they build that and win one up really well as well, and then have him go as champion, and then it just didn't reflect in business at all. But what has kind of changed, where, where I was like for the longest time, was like, well, I can't really fault Noah for then not going with him after that. But I mean, he, for example, he did then pop a huge house this year in Corican against Kento. And he did, as we're going to talk about a bit later, he did pop a house as well now on the Sapporo show for all Japan. And let me tell you, as someone that kind of looked at the, that was kind of like, look, like I am going to Japan as I've talked about a lot for New Year's. And one of the big shows there is obviously the the show December 30th in Yoyogi for all I'm Japan. So and they have already announced <clears throat> They have already announced this. Like, they already have announced... Okay, spoilers. They already have announced uh, um, uh, Nakajima versus Kento for the Triple Crown at that show. And tickets are flying off the shelf for that show. Like, they are very likely, very, very, very likely going to sell out the floor. They are very likely going to break at least 2,000 people for that show. So, at that point... Was it was Noah just unlucky that like Nakajima kind of is now turning the corner and is now turning into a draw just as he's leaving the promotion, or did they still in some ways kind of fuck up both of his title reigns by not promoting him properly, and now that he's kind of freed from those shackles, he is turning actually into like an actual business mover. I th- I think it's a little bit of both. I think. Yeah. Um. Well, and I also think it's like. Um, Nakajima has more fresh opponents in all Japan. Um, unfortunately, yes. you know, all the matches he could do, even with the new persona and get, he had already run through. So there, what there, mm-hmm. I do think there's something to the, um, this usually doesn't happen in Puro, but also jumping from promotion to promotion. Um, you know, creating fresh matchups, getting to kind of, uh, present yourself to a new crowd as well as bring the one that was with you prior to. I mean, I'm sure some of those people tuning in for the Kento match aren't all Japan fans, necessarily. Uh, I, I didn't particularly have a lot of interest in all Japan this year until uh, Kento popped, or not, not Kento, until uh, Nakajima pa- uh, popped up. I mean, when he popped in, my interest peaked. I tuned in. I got to see uh, you know some of the people down card I thought were pretty good. Uh, some of the issues I have with the promotion still are present, um, but you know I wouldn't have given it much time at all if Nakajima hadn't made an appearance. So I, I think it's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. I think a fresh coat of paint probably 
helps him and who knows maybe he'll eventually go back and this uh current run of business success will translate to noah more so than if he hadn't left at all yeah no i think that's fair uh, i mean i think there is actually a very direct comparison we can draw to like well his former tag team partner in go shiozaki because go shiozaki right for the longest time he was like always no one disagreed that go was a great great worker but he always whenever he was put on top business just didn't really pick up in any way until his like most recent title run when he really kind of started popping like numbers for noah and really kind of establishing himself as like yeah i am becoming a drone i think maybe now is finally the time but maybe now is finally after all this time nakajima does turn into a draw and it's just that noah got unlucky that it's happening as he's exiting the promotion at all japan and then i assume probably new japan eventually is going to be like benefiting from that a lot more yeah i think that's probably accurate uh, i hope so i would love to see nakajima in new japan i'd like him to sign into uh, one of those lifetime contracts that Bushi signed uh, but yeah. oh, well, do you really want that? But, uh, but, <laughs> do you really want it to sign an Ibushi contract? Uh, well, okay, but this time make it for real, you know, like not uh, not the fake lifetime contract. Um, I mean, it might have been Ibushi might have had a lifetime contract. You know, in case also give some give give some mental health. Stuff. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, it must say it could have been a lifetime contract, uh, which is maybe why Ibushi felt compelled to talk about Yakuza ties. He knew that was his only way out of the lifetime contract. <laughs> like, how do I get out of this? I've got yeah, it. maybe. <laughs> no, uh, I mean, I haven't gotten them yet, but uh, I have applied for tickets for... Uh, oh, I have, obviously, tickets. I have tickets for What's the Kingdom. I have also applied for tickets for New Year's Dash, and I have a strong feeling he's going to pop up there. Oh, man. Yeah, that would be... I think this might... Like, it depends. It depends. If... He wins at Yuyogi, then he, obviously he's not. Like then he's sticking around in all Japan for a bit longer. I think at that point he will probably stick around until after the Champion Carnival. Mm -hmm. But if he is losing it to Kento and then like putting someone over on like the one two or one three show, then I think he's definitely popping up in New Japan uh, after uh, at New Year's Dash. Yeah, I can't see all Japan being able to. Uh... I mean, they, they're having an uptick this year. I'm really happy for them, but I don't think they have the... Uh... No, they have a shoe strength. Yeah, they don't have, I don't think they have the budget for somebody with Nakajima's pedigree at this stage, unfortunately. No, okay, actually, okay. We'll get to the show back in a moment, but I, I want your thoughts on this as since you're like more of the New Japan mm -hmm. guy. And you have watched a bit of All Japan now. And obviously, like, what do you think... All Japan could do if they had like actual corporate backing, and obviously that would allow them, then, for example, to like bring in more people as well and all of that and improve their production and all of uh, that. Well, I certainly think it would improve the full shows. Uh, there's, I mean, usually on any All Japan card, there are at least three to four matches that are just simply not worth your time. Um, I think in Puro, it's actually not the worst thing in the world to rely on the older guys. I would like to see All Japan rely on older guys more, not less, um, because I think uh, there's a wealth of underused talent right now that just happens to be over the age of 45, um, whether it be 
uh, Shima or Yuji Nagata or Kojima or Suzuki. And while they've booked, I know, Nagata and Suzuki this year, I would like to see them book them more frequently. And Kojima. And Kojima I did forget that, you're right. Uh, I would like to see them being used more prominently. Uh, I think, like, Suzuki, to me, I don't get the point in bringing him in for undercard tags. Um, I That just, to me, he should be building to a program with one of your younger baby faces, and he should be putting them over. Like, um, and I'm sure that's, you know, I'm sure getting Suzuki to do that maybe is a different uh, fee or is a touch more difficult than just having him come in and work a pretty lax... Uh, third match on the card tag, but I think that's where the value is in those guys, not just having them appear as names on the card. Um, I think, obviously, some production things would improve. You know, I think... Um, I remember when Nakajima won the title and I was... Uh, spoiler shit, but um, I was... Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, well, we already talked... No, we already talked about him having a like being in the title yeah, match in New York yet. That cat's out of the no, bag. <laughs> um, I remember when he won the title and I, I like the audio track of his um of his uh theme sounded like it was being played on a tape recorder next to the camera. You know, so that was like strange. It just felt a little um rinky dink to me. Um not that New it, it's weird because New Japan itself isn't a stranger to kind of rinky dink production at times. Um, you know, to me as a company, New Japan should probably be doing better as a company that has the backing they do, uh, as far as that stuff is concerned. Um, but yeah, I think overall, all yeah, I mean, all Japan's, I think the top of all Japan's card is really good right now. Um, which to me is in theory what you need for a, a period of success, but I think, um, I'm sure some people watch, you know, full shows and they see the first four matches and, um, you know, probably aren't, I'm sure there, there are people who see the Sato Brothers and aren't as um, enthralled as one might hope for. I'm sure there are some people who see Blackman's Array and are like, oh, you know, like, um, there's certainly talent on the undercard that under normal circumstances, would turn me off of following the product regularly. But the top of the card is sensational, so I think if you could um, fix that, the promotion would become both a, sh a lot more watchable, um, and you know, maybe you could bring in a few more fans. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think all Japan, I think all Japan is a Noah checkbook away from really being able to do some good things. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, but yeah, uh, we, we'll have a more All Japan talk a bit later in the show, so let's sure, just sure. Uh, continue with the Noah for now. No, 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 no. I mean, I started it. <laughs> but I, I think I need to bring it back on track sure. now because before we kind of burn all of our powder on All Japan before we even get to the promotion. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, what started this whole uh, rant uh, from both of us was the fact that Katsuhiko Nakajima had his last Noah match. Uh, which was where uh, Naomichi Marufuji and Takeshi Segura defeated uh, the team of Axis, Go Shizaki and Katsuhiko Nakajima in 22 minutes when Segura pinned uh, Nakajima after an Olympic slam. Mm. I thought this was a really, really mm. good match. I mean, you just need to look at like the four people in this match, right? Like that just 
already tells you its quality. Um, I like kind of the, the story that they were telling in this match. It, it actually was almost a bit like Marufuji and Segura mm. weren't really like important to this match, which is weird because they were the opponents. But I think the story of this match was much more like between Nakajima and Shiozaki, as well as Nakajima and Kitamiya, who also happened to be uh, kind of... Uh, no, wait, sorry, I'm confusing this with the last Korokan match, but Kitamiya was on that one. Um, no, but uh, this one was still a really, really good match. I thought like all the interactions were pretty good, and uh, yeah, Nakajima kind of does business the right way. He goes out of the promotion staring at the lights. Now he does it pulling put, putting over kind of 52-year-old Takashi Figura. Um, but still, I thought it was a good match overall. And yeah, what more can you ask for for your last match in the promotion? Um, then the junior heavyweight tag title match. Uh, Dragon Bane and Alpha Wolf defeat Yohei and Tarasuke in 12 minutes and 39 seconds after a Twister Bane from Bane on Tarasuke for their first defense of the titles. Um, yeah, I mean, this is really like kind of if you've seen these two teams have matches before, this was exactly like those matches always are. They're kind of, they're not smooth matches. Like, I don't think these four are really like super polished workers, but it's just kind of, it is very exciting, as I talked about earlier, where like these guys will just kind of fly or fly all over the ring and just do crazy stuff and just entertain you. I don't think I'm going to rate it, but it is. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, that used to be, um, I guess, you know, let's double back again because I'm not going to derail things again. Uh, it used to be what the New Japan Junior Division was, right? And you had Hiromu and Dragon D. They were just throwing each other off of things and um, taking yeah. these crazy bumps and working these 20 minute matches that were you know stiff and uh fast paced and you know it's um a lot of people talk about Hiromo now um being this like great um wrestler and it's like I sort of but like I personally haven't enjoyed his work as much since like 2017 and it's because he doesn't it, th these are the styles of matches I when I think of Hiromo um this, and your know, junior division in general. This is what I'd really like to see. Um, I, I I do miss the style being in New Japan and even really Japan at large. So it's been a it's been a pleasant surprise with you know Dragon Bane for kind of bringing it uh, back to the forefront. Maybe some other promotions will see that it uh, works and take note. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um... You have seen like a little bit of rising Hayato, right? Yeah, he's he's pretty good. Yeah, he had a match with Hiromo this year, and it was just the absolute definition of there. And I'm not gonna put that on rising Hayato. I'm gonna put that on Hiromo because he's just doing all of these kind of like matches outside of New Japan, and none of them are really all that. No, good. I mean Hiromo has like um. Okay, I guess we'll get on Hiromu tangent. Hiromu has some of the best junior <laughs> dance partners in the world in New Japan. And I've, there's not been a single match above four and a quarter this year. Uh, except maybe the Mike Bailey match, which to me, that's an indictment. Um, if the best match you had this year was Mike Bailey and it was four and a half, I mean, I don't know. I've seen Mike Bailey have four and a half star matches with practically anyone who will get in the ring with them. Um, 
I've seen Mike Bailey have four and a half star matches and fucking GAA halls in Dublin. Yeah, he, so, he's sensational. Yeah. So if the, if that's the best you're able to manage, I do think at a certain point, um, you know, I I don't know. I haven't like I, said, I haven't enjoyed Garuda as much in his current incarnation, and I, I'm sure it's weird coming from me because I don't think I'm typically associated with somebody who's into the uh, the spot fest per se, but. Um, there used to be something really magical about the junior style of spot fest in that everything still looked pretty legitimate. Everything was fast paced, everything connected. Um, you know, like the strikes were pretty stiff, you know, like the Harumu dragon leash slap exchanges and things like that were very tight. Um, and, um, I don't know. It's, it's fun seeing these younger guys work a style that I think is maybe not identical, but comparable to that. Because, unfortunately, I just think it's something that's underrepresented uh, outside of, of course, Dragon Gate, which has kind of built their entire identity around it. But, um, man, yeah, it's just, it's weird seeing a company that has, to me, less pieces to do it than New Japan does, but is doing it much more effectively. <laughs> yes. No, I think you're actually going to be someone that would really enjoy, like, Dragon Bane and Alpha Wolf in general. I can, like, send you some recommendations sure, for them absolutely. later. Mm-hmm. They actually had a really okay. Not to uh, no, I'm going to derail it for a little bit. Uh, they actually had they actually had a match a few years ago with Shima and T Hawk in Mexico, which went really off the rails <laughs> because basically they were so stiff that they started to piss off Shima and then he started to shoot on them. That sounds fucking great. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to send you that one for sure. <laughs> Okay, uh, then, for the semi-main event, for the GHC national title, Jack Morris defeats El Hijo de Dr. Wagner Jr. in 21 minutes and 11 seconds with an Avalanche-style Tiger Driver, where uh, Wagner fails on a seventh defense, and Jack Morris is your new GHC national champion. So, Jeff, your thoughts on Jack Morris. Yeah, so for about... Uh, the last two years, I thought Jack Morris was a, was a gag. Um, I thought it was a creator wrestler generated from 2K or something. Um, he's just very generic to me. There's nothing exciting about him. He's a good, not great worker. He's got a good, not great work. Or a good, not great look. Um, you know, he's every uh, generic gaijin wrestler you've ever seen in your life. Like, just imagine... Uh, when you boot up the creator wrestler in a video game, that first wrestler that looks at you, and then imagine you've edited on long hair, and that's Jack Morris. Okay, Jeff, but what if I tell you that he's the 2009 winner of the Battle of West Lothen? Uh, what? <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's so a real tournament. Okay, so he's also got made-up credentials, so I'm adding that to the he's fake bucket. Um... <laughs> So, you know, I I guess to me, it, I um, not that I am as high on uh, Wagner Jr. Jr. as other people are, um, but I, I didn't see the point in derailing him uh, or, you know, taking him taking the title away from him unless you intend to move him into the world title picture. Um, it just feels like a waste to me, just, uh, frankly, um, because Wagner Jr.'s, Jr.'s run had been so good uh, at this point. But... Um, I don't know. I guess the good-looking guys needed a consolation prize after the main event. Spoilers. Um, and uh, I don't know. 
I uh, I wasn't super enthused with the match. I thought it was fine. Um, I've never seen Jack Morris in a match that was better than three and three quarters. Uh, this didn't break that trend for me. Um, I, maybe I'm being unfair to him, but he he's pretty uninspiring, unfortunately. No, I so I am going so I'm going to disagree with two mm. things here. Like a, I think Jack Morris is really good. Mm. Like I think Jack Morris, like he's still, like he's still kind of like the way he, like to me, is one of the people that picked up wrestling in Japan the fastest out of anyone I've ever mm. seen. Because for like a lot of gaijin that come into Japan, like it can actually take them a little bit to actually get adjusted to Japan, right? Like their first tour can be like. A bit rough. Like I think Wagner is actually a perfect example of that, because Wagner w has been around in Noah for like a while now, and I think for the longest while Wagner was just the like definition of a guy that is just there. And then basically after he won this title, like that's when he really put everything together and he became really really good. Uh, where where I would go so far as to say that he I think is one of the best kind of foreigners in Japan at the moment. So, and he's also super over the crowd. So, okay, let me ask you this: Do you think he, when I think of guys coming into Japan, there is a level of work that is required on the upper end? Now, if the argument is Jack Morris is mid card, upper mid card at best, and so mm -hmm. he has worked to that level, I could make that concession. Do you think he can? Do you think he has had a match that's over four and a quarter, for example? Uh, for or even at I would, I would, um, I think there are matches where you can make an argument for that. I think they had a, like, actually these two had a match in April that I thought was really, really good. That I think you should check out for that. I think actually, probably the best one is actually his very first match in Japan mm. with Kaito Kiyomiya in the N1 last year. That I think can touch that. Um, he had another match with Kaito in February that I thought was really, really good. I don't think there's really like the consistently like great matches he's had so, yet. So let me. Um... But I don't think he's also been put into that position consistently yet. But I think the potential for him is there to get so to let that. Because like... I think he has all of the tools. Let me to make do it. Let, like let me make a comp. And I'll preface this with the person I'm going to comp uh, has a ton more experience than him, so it's not entirely fair. Mm -hmm. um, to me, he strikes me as having the same problem as Finley. Um, Finley can give you a perfectly reasonable match. Um, he's technically proficient. Well, he has a better look than Finley. Uh, yeah, so do I. Um, <laughs> uh, certainly now. Uh, when Finley originally got to work, he was actually cleaning up pretty nicely. Now he, now it's... But, you know, um, Finley um, can give you a perfectly reasonable match. I think his top stuff peaks at around four and a quarter, unless you put him in the ring with Will Ospreay, in which case you'll get a miracle. But, you know, you can put Will Ospreay in the ring with anyone and get a miracle. Um, I, But he doesn't quite hit the peaks that I think are necessary to really make a Gaijin pop guy. Um and so I think he's kind of stuck as a mid-carter to upper mid-carter. I just don't, I think that's his ceiling. Um, mm -hmm. And so eventually that, kind of, like, if 
you get stuck at that level as a gaijin in Japan, I think you get a little long in the tooth, which is what I think has already happened with Finley. Um, and it's kind of what I feel with Jack Morris. Um, do you disagree with that comp? Do you think he's just substantially better? What's... I can see the comparison. What I will say, though, is kind of right now, right? It, it's the time for him now to show that that isn't his ceiling. Because he is a double champion now, right? That is a massive show of faith by the promotion. Because he is the tag champ, and he is also now kind of the guy that holds the second most important singles title in that promotion, the national title. Like, if you look at the history of the title, like, that's not a, like, nothing title, really. Like, the, the na like obviously, like, the heavyweight title is the main title. But if you actually look at through like the history of the national title, right? Like Segura is the original champion, then Nakajima, Keno, Fujita, Segura again, Masaki Mochizuki, Keno again, Masakatsu Funaki, and then it got put on like Wagner held that belt for a year, and it really elevated him to like a level where he, I think, like as you said, right? Like I, because I don't think, for example, that like Wagner losing this title derails him at all. Like, I think they are actually going to put him into, like, main events now. I think that's why they had him lose it. Okay. Because, again, he held it for a year. He held it for a year. He defeated, like, everyone. And I think they're going to, like, push... Like, this really elevated him to a guy that I think you can put on, like, top of shows now. I'd be very interested so, in Keno, uh, Wagner Jr. Jr. feud. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's going to... I think that would be tremendous. I think that might be where they're going. Uh, after the New Year show, because like spoiler alert, I don't think Soyuz winning. <laughs> I, I think really? that's very unlikely. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. Shocker. I know. Very controversial statement. Um, but again, so like this is Jack Morris's time now. Like he is a double champion. So right now, like this is this is his time to show that he can get to that next level. That he can elevate himself just like Wagner did in that same position. And I think the I like like I said I'm not willing to make that call. I can see where you're coming from with the Finley comp, but I think right now for him is time to show that it's a wrong comp. And I think we can come back. I think it's six months, and I think then we can make a definitive statement whether or not it is an accurate comparison or not. That's fair. Okay. Uh, and then, but yeah, overall, well, just a quick, uh, my thoughts on the match, uh, yeah, I, I mean, having said all of that, I also thought that this match wasn't super inspiring either. <laughs> I think it was actually one of Wagner's weaker <laughs> title matches. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, like I said, we'll see w what Jack does going from here, and I did actually think that the tag title match he had on the next show was a lot better than this one too. Um, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's quickly then go to the main event. For the GHC heavyweight title, Keno defeats Jake Lee in 29 minutes and 47 seconds with the Keno special. Uh, which made that Jake fails on his fifth defense and Jake, uh, Jake, Keno is the new GHC heavyweight title. Jeff, the evil, not that one, is defeated. Finally, <laughs> it's over. The Jake Raid, we are free. Well, you know, when you have the opportunity to put your world title on a perennial disappointment from a smaller company, um, I think you always have to do it every single time. Um, New Japan with Sonata, <laughs> Noah with Jake Lee. Um, 
if you get the opportunity to intentionally um, sabotage your own company by inflicting on yourself what smaller companies have inflicted on themselves, I think every single time you have to take that chance. And I'm just happy Noah did it. And, uh, you know, now seeing how... Actually, I'd say Jake Lee is worse, uh, Sonata is worse because New Japan is the first promotion I'd ever put that top belt on Sonata. Like, Wrestle 1 didn't do that, Impact didn't do that, mm. you know, like, New Japan is the first promotion I was like, oh yeah, Sonata, that's who we gotta put on. Well, oh yeah, but Sonata is at least gonna get to salvage because he's gonna work a Tokyo Dome main event that draws 35,000 people. Um, yeah, that certainly is on him for uh, sure. I thought I actually considered buying lesser tickets because he's in the main event, and then I was like, "No, actually, I gotta sit in the arena." So, um, I think, I mean, okay, so uh, this is gonna become a New Japan podcast. Um, I think Sonata, uh, <laughs> the draw with him is the story. It's not Sonata. I do think Sonata is a part of the main yes. event selling, but not because Sonata the name is drawing. I think Sonata the matchup with Naito is drawing. Um. Lij is drawing the name, um, and Sonata is a part of that, but he was placed in that. You know what I mean? So uh, I don't yeah. think it's fair to not give him any of the credit. Like I think just blankly putting it on Naito, unless we're going to follow that up with saying Naito is uh, one of the greatest draws in Puro history, which I'll listen to. I'm a Naito stan. I um, mean, kind of I is, yeah. So. Yeah, uh, but you know, some people. Uh, don't like that um you know so i think um i think you have to give sonata some of the credit i think on the basis of that alone and the weakness of the matchups he's been given to draw with um because if you look at his drawing record prior to this up uh, you know this title reign his title challenges against okada you know when new japan was hot drew really well his g1 match with okada drew really well um the you know the and the hiromu title match if i remember correctly sold out for what was allocated um which kind of lends itself to the lij theme draws pretty well um unless it's evil in which case you know i i think evil is a uh that's a, yeah um evil has uh come close to making me lose my my uh enthusiasm for wrestling this year <laughs> on multiple occasions um so, I, I don't think Sonata is as bad as Jake Lee. I think Jake Lee, but it's... Um, but they're both transitional They're both champions, transitional champions. Which I think, which has been my argument for a while now, where like these are like two of the longest transitional like title reigns I've ever you, seen. They are, well, but the thing with Sonata is there very clearly was an end point. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, yes. I think the Sonata title reign has the potential to come out to be a net positive. I think you've established a potential main eventer, somebody who in the past has drawn as a challenger, uh, even if he hasn't drawn as a champion. Um, you have established, so you've, you know, you've established a top of the card guy that these young guys like Suji and uh, Umino can eventually defeat and will have some pedigree. Um, and you've set up a very easy title match for Naito to get his last hurrah with, without actually having to beat anyone, you know, of note in the Wrestle Kingdom main event. Um, to me, I actually think that was a pretty good piece of booking, even if it wasn't the best, um, even if it wasn't the best viewing experience. 
Uh, Jake Lee, I think, has been a detriment to the viewing experience. I don't think he's been a particularly strong <laughs> draw, and he doesn't have any of those built-in no. stories to go to. So once he loses the title, he's just kind of stuck. Um, there's nothing you can really do with him. There's nothing you really get back out of him, as far as I'm concerned. Um, he's just a disappointment through and through. Uh, have you seen the new look that he has adopted uh, since he lost the title? Uh, yeah, <laughs> which is uh, something I'm that looking forward he to just his... decided to become like a. I'm looking forward to his DDP. His run. essay on like women or like women's rights or something. I don't I, know. <laughs> I, I look forward to his run in DDP as a fucking clown. But um. I mean, oh god, yes, please. No, he should do what. Uh, so like a few years ago in uh, All Japan's Real World Tag League, you had the team of Tajiri and Kai. <laughs> And they they had a match with the violent giants, Suwama and Shuji Ishikawa, on the final night. And they literally came out in clown uh, uh, makeup. And Suwa like literally, I don't think Kai ever tagged in. Literally, the entire match was just Suwama beating the shit out of Tijiri <laughs> in like two minutes and telling him <laughs> one of the best things I've ever seen. Yeah, that's sensational. I mean, um,. Maybe maybe we had it all wrong. I know everyone, the rumor has been that Kaito wants to go to WWE, but it, maybe Jake Lee is actually trying to be the next Undertaker. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. We can only hope. Like, Jake, please. I implore you. Go to, <laughs> go to, go to WWE. He's gonna be, he, listen, if Jake Lee heads up uh, NXT Japan, all Piro fans can rest safe. We'll, we'll be totally fine. <laughs> yeah, that would be like, a full-on failure. I wouldn't even sell out Shinkiba. Oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Jake Lee and Daichi Hashimoto <laughs> feeling for the title. Oh, man. That'd be, that'd be beautiful. And then they, they uh, bring in Shinsuke Nakamura, yeah. another perpetual disappointment. Um, but yeah, thoughts on the match itself as well. Uh... I don't know. It's Jake Lee. He's fine. Um, Ken, I'm happy to see Keno. Uh, I do think Keno has lost a step this year. Maybe I'm just not seeing the right Keno matches, but I've been a smidge. Yeah, because I think he's been tremendous this year, to be honest. I think that's one of his best I, and So I've watched him, I think, three or four times, and I just haven't come away with the... I, listen, going into the year, I thought Keno was the, one of the top 15 wrestlers in the world. Um, I have a really high opinion of Kenno. He works a style I love. He's very stiff. His work is very tight. He does that. Um, yeah, you know, I don't know. He's he really just fits the archetype of a of a Jeff wrestler. Um, but I thought the Naito match was really disappointing. Um, I thought this match was kind of mid. Um, he did have a good. Yep. His in one stuff was pretty good though. So I guess there is that. But um, he had also a lot of like. I think what, like the weird thing, he actually really excelled at this year's six-man tag matches. Yeah, and I didn't watch that. I know that sounds weird, but like, like for example, like, but for example, did you watch the like All Together one? Um, yeah, he was good. Yeah, so like, I think, like, that was something he really excelled at. I think he was really good at like the six-man tag at the Muto show as mm. well. The uh, Congo versus All Japan one. Mm. I think his tag title run in All Japan... Which really, I, didn't really good. I think he's been what he has been kind of lacking on is actually kind of really great 
singles matches. I think he's been a bit down on this year, but I think he's been really good and like that's strange because he's had tag and like he's had the opportunities. Um, yeah, and so that's I think that I do think is coming. Although I will say, like for example, like the N one finals match, for example, delivered as well. Yeah, yeah, the N one final. Um, but and I I do think the Naito match is painting a lot of my perception there. Um, I was so excited for that match, and I left really disappointed. Um. I mean, to be fair, that entire show was weird. Where like, weirdly, the the match that delivered the most was Manabu Soya versus Sanada. Right, yeah. No one could have predicted that. No one could have predicted at the time that actually both men for were in for like a big push. Just like literally, the entire story of both men for the rest of the year was built around that match. In hindsight. Yeah, that's really crazy now that I think about it. And um, I mean, not even not in fairness, even Nakajima Shingo underdelivered relative to expectations. Now. That was still a four yeah. and a quarter. It was a good match. Still but like, I still went four and a quarter. I mean, it's Shingo versus Nakajima, I would, Nakajima, have, expe- right? I, I would yeah. have expected the four to be four and a half. Um, so it was a little disappointing from that perspective. But, um, you know. Um, yeah, so I, I do think my perception of Keno is a little colored in that sense. But um, I think... I mean, I will, I will agree with you where this match didn't help. Because I, I would say this was actually, again, one of, like, Jake's weaker defenses. Yeah. Like I think for as much as like Jake's run has been a really kind of a miserable failure in terms of mm. business, I will say that like the matches themselves have actually generally been good. Well, they've been functionally like fine. His... Like there's nothing there's nothing yeah. with Jake Lee that has ever made me believe he's a bad wrestler. I just don't think he's inspiring. Like I, I will say he... the weakest matches were his title win and his title loss. Yeah. Um, but, like, going you know, going back to All Japan, he has, like, four and three-quarter star matches with Kento, and, um, I mean, really just Kento. Yeah. But, um, I mean, he has some great matches under, you know, to his, uh, to his name. So I never think he's an actually bad worker. Like, he cannot be the best worker in a match and make it good. Um, and no. he... Um, so at the end of the day, I feel like Jake Lee match quality is typically correlated to the person he's in the ring with. And I just don't think Keno brought anything out of him. Um, it could be a chemistry issue. Because I would... Yeah. Because what I would say, actually, like about this run now that it is over, is that I think in terms of match quality, it was better than his Triple Crown run. Like, I'm not counting that. his second Triple Crown run, because that was literally, he lost it on the, like, first defense. But I think this title run in terms of match quality was better than his like first triple crown. No, I run. agree with that. It was a business failure, but I think match quality generally like was pretty good. Like I think for me the best of the title offense is like the Segura match right. in right. Nagoya. And I think he's a much better. But I think I think what does put a bit of a stinker on it, obviously, that like the book ending match as well. Like I thought the match against Kaito was the worst one of out of all of them. I think that one was just straight up boring. Yeah, exactly. And then this match also was like just a bit of a nothing match too. Yeah, it's strange. I think the two people I would have said are the best wrestlers he's wrestled during this run, he had the worst matches with. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a very good way to sum it up. Okay, so uh, uh, I think we're like about an hour in or we're through the first show. So. <laughs> well, good news, I don't have a goddamn Richard's thing to gonna say yell about at... the Ultra Fan House shows. So. <laughs> Great. Uh, I think Rich might yell at me when when he gets the file. <laughs> um, 
So just some notes. Uh, after the main event, Manabu Soya came out and he challenged uh, Keno for a match at the 2nd of January in Ariyaki Arena. Um, so we're not going to get any JHC heavyweight title matches between now and then, which I think, I mean, December generally is a quiet moment, but I mean, most promotions fill that with a tag league, but Noah doesn't. So I'm just really curious what Noah is kind of going to like fill the like next like two months with, essentially. Mm-hmm. Because they're not, they don't like, they basically have like two months to build this match as big as they can. Yeah. Uh, but like they still have to sell some tickets, and I'm curious what they're uh, gonna do. I was gonna say that. I don't know what they're gonna fill uh, the show with, but I can tell you it won't be fans. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, well that's the general issue. <laughs> um, yeah, I I don't know. I don't really know what they can fill it with. I mean, you could do some filler defenses, I guess, if you wanted to just kind of prop Keno up. Um, but I. But. You can't be. Like, they already announced the match Keno versus Soya for 1-2. Yeah. So you can't even run, like, a Keno title defense because you're, all, you're already advertising the match and you're already selling tickets based off See, of that this match. Is why, this you is can't why change I it now. This is why I taping the belt off of Wagner because I think Wagner would draw a little bit better than Morris. Not like it's... Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Morris. Yeah. I think uh, you could have headlined the show with Wagner Jr. Jr. versus, like, Segura or, you know, whoever. And it would have done a lot more yeah, that's than true. I think Jack Morris versus any of the people he can run against. Um, I mean, you could have here. Here would have been on the other hand, like I said, right? Jake Lee versus Wagner Junior Junior. Actually, yeah, that that would have been something. But like as I said, right? Like this is like put up a shut up time for Jack mm-hmm. Morris. So like clearly, like his next title defense, unless it also comes on one two, like it's expected to draw against whoever they're going to put him. I there. just don't, I don't necessarily so, think that's fair to you him. know because I don't think like I it's just it's it's too much too soon I think um I, I fair because he has really only been around for a bit more than he's a year only been around for a bit more than a year he do, hasn't done he didn't have the slow trek up the card the national title isn't actually really that established I mean it's not like it's not a prestige title in the way like the triple crown is or the GHC is or you know, like the old IWGP Intercontinental might have been. Um, it's a nice title. I think Wagner Jr. Jr. has added a lot to it. But, like, um, do I think it's, like, a title that having it now ensures that Morris has moved up the card? I don't think that's the case. Um, so I, I don't think it's a position he's... I don't think he's been put in a position to succeed with this at all, uh, if that's what they're hoping for. Yeah. And I think if they were looking to draw on the intermediate times of secondary titles, uh, they should have relied on the juniors and Wagner Jr. Jr. I mean, that, that really is a thing, right? Like, if Keno is not going to be in a title match for two months, then if we, like, look at, like, the current champions in Noah, which of these would you think would be, like, a draw, right? And I'm going to spoil it here as well, like, Daga beat Hayata for the junior title. So, like, your current champions are junior heavyweight t- singles is Daga, Junior heavyweight tag titles are Alpha Bulls and Dragon Bane. National champion is Jack Morris. Heavyweight tag champions are Jack Morris and Anthony Green. And then your hardcore open weight champion is Masato Tanaka. Like, and I think the hardcore thing is very much a like Monday Night Magic only deal. Like, I don't think they, 
that like they haven't really talked about it at all on like regular yeah. shows. So really, it's like four titles. They're all on like relatively unestablished foreigners. So if you're doing a title match, like which of these is gonna draw over the next two months until Keno has his first title? Yeah, match? I, I, the answer to that is I don't think there is one really. Like, um, I think you're gonna have to get really creative with how you decorate the undercards to draw people in. Um, because I don't think on main event programs you're gonna be able to draw. Yeah. I mean, they have something for like the Yokohama Budokan, but we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, but one thing real quick for the one two show. One thing I can say is that Soya versus um, Keno has already sold two tickets at the very least because I bought my tickets uh, immediately after the show, and it actually influenced the fact that Keno won. Actually, influenced where I bought my tickets because um, I ended up buying like uh, tickets on the floor. Um, whereas if Jake had been champion, I probably would have like bought like tickets on like the first or second floor instead. Yeah. Whereas now I'm on the ground floor because I'm like, yeah, I want to see a Keno match live, like while I kind of be like immersing myself in the whole atmosphere. Yeah, no, that, that's so really funny. I can tell you at least in that regard, Keno has been a bit more of a draw. Yeah. <laughs> He's a draw in my household, but. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, and now we move on to the second show. <laughs> Noah, Demolition Stage 2023 in Niigata on the 4th of November uh, from the Niigata City Gymnasium in front of 1,024 fans. I would say that's a solid number. I kind of look for like the general Niigata numbers, but like no one really like runs Niigata in any kind of like meaningful way. So that makes those numbers like really hard to compare. So I would say, I would say generally this is a solid number, especially given that, like you main evented it with like Daga versus Hayata. So, yeah. Okay, so we're gonna fly through the undercard here, uh, just to kind of tell you guys what the results have been. So Ada defeats Iwata, four minutes fifty six seconds with a foot stomp. Saxon Huxley and Shui Hanaguchi of Real defeat Stallion Rogers and Taishi Ozawa in 5 minutes at 55 uh, when Huxley pent Ozawa after a neck hanging bomb. Ninja Mag, Alejandro, Extreme Tiger and Teriyaki defeat Atsushi Kotoge, High 69, Hajime Ohara and Kai Fujimura in 11 minutes 31 after a ninja bomb from Mag on Fujimura. Uh, El Hiu de Dr. Wagner Jr. defeats LG Cleary in 9 minutes and 2 seconds with a Wagner driver. I guess that is kind of like to get his heat back after he lost the title. Uh, Yoshinari Ogawa and Super Crazy, which that's definitely guy we needed back, uh, defeated Shuji Kondo and Junta Miyawaki in 12 minutes and 21 seconds after a camel clutch from Crazy on Junta Miyawaki. So Miyawaki loses it again, but I think there's at least a little bit of a hope here because Kind of afterwards, they were kind of very heavily hinting at like Shuji Kondo and Junta Miyawaki kind of forming like a permanent team, and Kondo kind of talking about him wanting to like mentor like Junta Miyawaki a bit as well. And I mean, there's definitely worse people to like mentor you than Shuji Kondo. And then Masaki Tamiya, Manabu Soya, and Daiki Naba defeat Naomichi Marufuji, Takashi Figura, and Goshi Ozaki 
in 12 minutes and 21 seconds after a jumper DDT from Soya on Shiozaki. So actually one of the people I'm kind of curious on what they're going to do now, now that Nakajima's gone, is actually go Shiozaki. Because I feel like Noah kind of knows that like Shiozaki is a bit like he's not completely washed but like his body is like really starting to break down so i think what they were hoping for is to kind of like put him in the axe attack team with nakajima to like allow him to preserve his body so i really don't know what their plans for him are going forward um, yeah like if they're going to form a new tag team or if he's just going to be in these kind of six-man tags now i mean i think you could get a lot out of him if you just paired him with a, a young guy, unfortunately. Um, this is Noah, so uh, sparse yes. supply. Well, did, like, the few young guys that they have are like still like young boys or juniors, so like, I don't think that's I mean, for, I mean, no. okay, could you do Kaizo and go? Like, could you just have it? You could, but he's, he's teaming with Oiva, and I actually really like that. Well, I'm saying once Oiva's gone. Like, maybe you do... Yes. Go is on the recovery track, and, you know, you give Go a few singles matches that are good, but, you know, preserve, and, and maybe the the end result of this is, you know, hey, I carried this promotion for X, you know, for X amount of time. I had this big run during COVID. My mm -hmm. body broke down. I would like to pass the the torch, and you just have this, um, you just have this team where Kaito teams with the form, you know, Kaito, the new ace of Noah, teams with the former ace of Noah. The problem is, you know, with all the rumors that Kaito wants out, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. I, if Kaito leaves, I have no clue what Noah does as a promotion. That would be so bad for them. I hope that Taishi Ozawa works out. <sighs> really, is it what it is at that point? Yeah, but I mean, what about in the short term? Because even if Ozawa works out, I don't think he's like a guy who's only a year away. Oh yeah, no, it's not. Uh, I don't know. Write Kento Miyahara a really big check. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's the only answer, um, frankly. But yeah. I would imagine whatever check they could write Kento isn't going to be bigger than the one that New Japan could write him. So I don't think the check size is the question. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't know. Like that—that's the problem for Noah right now, right? They're like screwed in the medium term. Yeah, they really are. Because like long term, maybe there's something there, but like. Medium term, there's not really any way they can get out of the situation at the end right yeah. now, and it is their own fault. But I, it is I what thought it is, they would be utilizing the partnership with DDT more. Yes, that is still the most baffling thing of everything that there that it's literally the two promotions that seem to be allowed to like collaborate the least are the two that are owned by literally the same company. It, like to me. I thought, oh, perfect, you're going to have, um, you know, like, guys like Endo. I get maybe they wouldn't want, I mean, I mean, you could have Endo work junior or heavy, and I think he would be a big boon to either division. I don't think they have the junior heavyweights lined up for him right now, so I would have him just work heavy. But, um, I mean, you could freshen up the card a lot. So, like, Kaito versus Endo, I think, would be really compelling. Um, you know... Yeah. Takeshita is kind of out of the picture now because he's so heavily involved in AEW. But before that, you could have done Takeshita Kiyomiya, you could have done Takeshita versus uh, Keno. Um, I mean, even if those matches... I mean, Higuchi fits Higuchi fits like a glove. Imagine Higuchi versus Segura. 
No, that would be amazing. Yeah. Like like Higuchi versus Kendo. Oh my god. Yeah, those matches would rock. Um and you could get some yeah. of those younger DDT guys like Mao or um uh Ueno on the undercard for you know in the junior matches with guys like Dragon Bane and Alpha Wolf. And that would rule. Yeah, and if you're DDT, you don't have to be worried that they get poached because you're owned by the same company and that company is run by your founder. Yeah. So yeah, you know? there's no concern about that. And also, I mean, DDT isn't really a company that has to function on a win or loss premise. So yeah. I I don't get why that hasn't been utilized. Because um, it's not like DDT is doing gangbusters business these days. Um, nor is Noah, but certainly DDT isn't. I think DDT has fallen off the hardest of any of yeah. the major Japanese promotions. Um, well, they really like got hurt by the fact that everyone like ran Tokyo into the ground during the pandemic yeah. because they never drew well outside of Tokyo. Yeah. So once everyone kind of like burned Tokyo out, that like that hurt them the most. Yeah. Because if you look at like for example like numbers by all Japan, they really started to recover once they started touring outside of Tokyo again and didn't have to run Tokyo like a million times. Yeah, no. Per month. No, basically. that's fair. I just um. Yeah, that'll never feel like uh, that'll never not feel like a missed opportunity to me. Yeah, no, no, no. I think everyone can agree on that. And I like my kind of low key conspiracy theory is that it's Akiyama that's blocking it. Ooh. That that there's still some like heat there, both from like generally like I don't know like Akiyama having some like bad feelings from like whenever he like left Noah, and. Also, Nakajima. I was about to say, you think Nakajima shoot KOing their champion. <laughs> I think because again, we didn't get we didn't get a cyber fight festival this year. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Nah, yeah, that might be uh that might have been a Nakajima thing actually. Now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. 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 I mean, we'll see. Maybe, maybe. But again, you know, you know who collaborates loads with DDT now? All Japan. <laughs> <laughs> If if there's a cyber fight, like they literally have a if there's a cyber going. fight festival next year, you'll know who's responsible. I mean, that was an actual thought experiment me and Gerard did like a while ago. Like, what if, uh, what if uh, Abima, uh, or what if uh, uh, Cyber Agent had bought All Japan instead of Noah? Um, you know that meme where like the the world if, and then it's like flying cars and. Yeah, basically. That's basically, if Cyberfight doesn't invest in Noah, because I think if Cyberfight doesn't invest in yeah. Noah, Noah dies. Um, yeah, and... which is bad. Is it still for all its faults? I don't think it's that bad. I think it just. I think it. I think. It... I don't know. It's still a really good roster, though. Yeah, a really good roster that could be used to prop up all Japan once it had better funding. I would rather have True. two really strong promotions than. One really strong promotion and two floundering. That's me. Um, I could be, and mm-hmm. well, and because obviously there's more promotions than that anyway. I mean, you still have Dragon Gate, you still have uh, for Better Force DDT. I'm sure some, uh, you know, Gleet adjacent promotion would pop up eventually to suck up anyone who didn't want to go to All Japan or New Japan. But I think all that would happen is you would bolster both rosters, which I think both could frankly use. Uh, and the people who aren't good enough to go to either roster just wouldn't get taken, and that's probably for the best. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, apologies to Anthony Green, but um, I don't know. Like my no, I, like he, I think he would still stick around, but like your Stallion Rogers or whatever. Saxon <laughs> yeah, Huxley, Saxon like Huxley they can is go going, sure. yeah, is is getting sent back to whatever fed adjacent place he was, and um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. He can run progress or whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he can run. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Right, so I, I. Kind of am rooting for Noah's downfall. I think a lot of those guys going to all Japan. I think the I think what you're seeing with Nakajima. But all Japan doesn't have the budget. So okay, do do you, do you want a spicy take that will like actually generate the most heat of coming out of okay. this episode? I think Cyberfight should just shut down DDT, merge all of the good wrestlers into Noah, and I don't know the comedy goofs can like go and work Shankiba or whatever. No, that's a great take. Okay. I love that take. I think we need... Oh, yeah, no, it's a great take. I agree. It's my take. But <laughs> that's not going to go over well with a lot of people. <laughs> um, well, no, here's the... I mean, here's my, my thing. Uh, ultimately, I just want more good promotions. Um, and I think when you have as many promotions as you have in Japan right now, um, great. There's more pe places for people to work. That's wonderful. But is there that much of a difference between having eight places to work and having nine? If you can have eight better places to work instead of nine, like, um, to me, mm -hmm. I can see that argument. Like to me, having two solid promotions that can draw is worth more than having one promotion that can draw and three that can't. Um, so I, yeah, I think consolidating DDT and Noah rosters would really help create stress matchups, and I think what you see with Nakajima's jump. You can take it as one of two things, uh, and I say this as a Nakajima stand. Either Nakajima has randomly overnight become a draw, even though he has never been a draw in his life. I don't personally believe that. Uh, or fans are starved for jumps and want to see fresh matchups, and none of the lower tier Puro promotions have had those to offer them. Fair enough, yeah. I mean, Loki, one of the reasons why I think like all Japan is booking, like, obviously they have kind of a relationship with Glead. But I think Loki, one of the reasons why they're also giving a lot of shine to Gleet guys is to get their claws into them for when Gleet inevitably goes under so that they can, like, just have them come sure, over. Sure, I mean... Because they're already like, hey, T-Hawk, we've given you a lot. You, you, you went to a champion carnival final and then you had... Uh, then we gave you the triple crown match with Nagata after uh, Ishino got hurt. I... Oh, that's a shame that Gleet went under. Uh, how about you just come in and you already have like established relationships with people? Well, um, I, I don't know if this is the place for it, but I was actually I had it kind of mentioned on um, the All Japan bit that we were going to touch on later. I think T Hawk needs to get away from Strong Arts. Yes, he's so much better than them now. He's so much better than Shino. Yeah. He's so much better. I, I Case is listening to this from afar and is going to strangle me, but um. T-Hawk is better than Shima. He's better than Lindemann. Uh, Lindemann, I'm over. Yeah. He's peaked. I don't think he... He, he has been stagnant yeah. for so long, and he's way too willing to just be the sixth wheel on a six-man tag. Um, T-Hawk is a legitimately great water worker at this stage. He has unique offense. He has a presence. Uh, he moves differently. I mean, he's really, really... I think T-Hawk is actually just, like, special of the three. 
Um, and I would like to. And he works much better outside of the lead than he is in his actual main promo. Like he's so much better. He's phenomenal. The Kento he's team thing is funny. I really like yeah. those two together. Um, and you can see Kento trying to get him over. I think T Hawk needs to get away from them. I, I don't know. I mean, lose their number. Um, just never talk to Shima again. Um, I, f- I really think that Kento is like grooming T Hawk and in the American way, not the British uh, way. <laughs> <laughs> no, is he, uh, you don't think Kento's a Discord mod? No, I don't think so. (laughs) No, but I think he's kind of like basically like getting cut, basically slowly massaging T-Hawk into like, ah man, sure it's a lot of fun to wrestle in all Japan, isn't it? (laughs) How about you just, once your contract runs out here, just come over here, you know? Which one has the the more uh, pesky uh, connotation? Because we're talking about massaging already. I don't know that. <laughs> oh no, damn it, I didn't realize that. Um <laughs> No, but he's a better draw on all Japan yeah, than he is in eight is. as well, which is he, which makes the whole thing even weirder. Uh how like there's just literally no reason for him to stay there. It's actually beneficial for both of you. However, have you considered that he he could potentially win the T Rex title? He is the G Rex title. No, T Rex, it's the next title. Stay tuned. Oh, <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> they want to upgrade from the G-Rex yeah, yeah, to the yeah. T-Rex. Yeah, yeah, why? But then he needs to shorten his arms a little yeah, bit. Yeah, well, you, you could, what you do is you shorten the straps on the belt. <laughs> just, I shorten the yeah, tights yeah, a little yeah. bit more. Just can't fit around his waist. <laughs> right. I mean, that's probably. I mean, if they had just like. Right, because Elinderman was the tr- first champion. If they had just like fitted in on like Elinderman size, and then they put it on T Hawk, and they're like, "Ah, oh, shit, we don't have enough straps to actually fit it on this guy." That would have fucking rocked. Why can't they do things like that? Actually, that would have been really funny. Actually, yeah, I'm surprised DDT has never done stuff like that. Where it's like, oh man, our first champion was really small, so now we can't fit the title on UG Hero. Oh no. <laughs> But yeah, oh well. Um, to get it back on, <laughs> get it back, back to Noah. <laughs> yes. Well, we're almost done with the Noah section. <laughs> um, so for the last undercard match, Keno, Dragon Bane, Alpha Wolf defeat Jake Lee, Yohei, and Tarasuke in 11 minutes and 40 seconds. When uh, Keno uh, used the Keno special on Yohei. Um, yeah, and this is also where we infamously got Jake Lee's first. Or, or the first look at Jake Lee's new kind of attire, because he's kind of dumped the kind of Darth Vader gimp gear for, I don't know what I can best describe, a cross between The Undertaker and a 2010s Reddit mod. I think is the best way to say it. I, I'd rather but, you say it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, what, yeah, I don't know. I've never seen somebody manifest less charisma than Jake Lee. And it's with every decision. It's almost intentional. It's nothing intrinsic. But it's like, what could I possibly do to sabotage any semblance of star power or charisma? And whatever you find yeah. on that list, Jake Lee is taking notes. It's insane. Like, I had finally gotten used to, like, the Darth Vader Gimp suit 
after all this time. But yeah, I don't. It'll take me a while to get used to this look. Yeah, you know the the Darth Vader gimp suit. At least I have worn it once or twice. So. Um... <laughs> 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 Fair enough. <laughs> uh, so you know, at least you know I had some familiar. No, uh, it was an awful fit. I don't know how he somehow went from a gimp suit to looking worse, but uh, Jake Lee is always capable of um, finding the floor and then digging deeper. So yeah, I, I think I've kind of decided that I need to make another like Jake Lee compilation from the podcast for this year as well. I just need to pick the right song for that because obviously last year it was all about him leaving the promotion and then this motherfucker pops up on you thought you were right you thought you got the way literally i someone (laughs) on the discord posted a picture of like mo throwing barney out of the bar and barney disappearing (laughs) right behind him and just wrote like like paul and gerard and like jake lee over barney's face i'm like fuck you but you're right Okay, and uh, then for the last two matches, for the GHC Tag Team title, uh, we have Jack Morris and Anthony Green of the Good Looking Guys defeating Kaito Kiyomiya and Ryoho Oiwa in 22 minutes and 2 seconds when Green pinned Oiwa after the M83 for their first offense. I thought this was really, really good. I talked about it before, I really like this Kaito Kiyomiya and Oiwa team. I think Morris and Green are a really, really good team. Um, I actually was kind of expecting them to win here a little bit, um, but I think Morris and Green, like I said, this is like put up a shot up time for Jack Morris, so it really seems like Noah's gonna go for him with him for a while as a double champion. Um, I'm curious where like this Kaito and Oiva team is going now because I thought like them winning the titles and like holding them for a while was where they were going with that, but. I hope they stay together. Yeah, you know, I I would like to think um, that the reason Oiwa and Kaito didn't win the titles is because Kato forgot to make the phone call. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I'd like to think he intended to call them stroking his beard and say, yeah, he has to win that match. Um, And if you would have him triple stack pin everybody, actually pin Kaito too. Uh, (laughs) Pin Kaito too. You know, I, uh, yeah, I'm surprised that call didn't get made, but Gato probably had bigger things to worry about. Um, yeah, the match was pretty good. Uh, I thought of the trio, it was the best of the bunch. Uh, I went four flat. Um, Oiwa looks great. Um, it's a little bit, I really like Kaito. I don't mean to shit on him, but I think Oiwa already has better presence than Kaito. Um, and I don't think that's a good thing. Um, Kaito is a much better No, I would disagree with it for now, but I see where you're coming from. I don't think he's far I think off. Kaito is a better worker, but I think Oiwa... Kaito needs better gear. That's yeah, but I when I look at Oiwa, if you told me one of them was a... Like, I, I don't know that I would necessarily say Oiwa is the bigger star now, but given context, I feel like... He yeah, really... yeah, 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 yeah. I, I don't think... Like, I think the pairing with Oiwa... Um, Ironically, it isn't doing Kaito any favors, um, but I think it's doing Oiwa nope. uh, a lot of favors. I don't know why Noah has agreed to this. Um, I I can't imagine saying, okay, we're going to take this young one. Because Oiwa, I can tell you from the uh, New Japan perspective, you know, there were young lions that were hyped when they left. 
or like when they were heading into uh, their excursions, right? Like, Umino was a big prospect, which is why I didn't give up on him. Uh, you know, I, I simply, I guess I didn't see that he's not a wrestler with the designs or whatever the fuck. Um, and uh, Suji, you know, I saw it with him. Um, people were excited for him to come back. Um, I would say Oiwa was one of the more iffy ones when he left. I didn't get the same excitement when he left. Um, people didn't see him as this big-time prospect. And he's been in Noah for 10 minutes and is, you know, we're having this discussion. Um, that's, to me, a very negative sign for Noah. Uh, great news for New Japan, but probably not good for Noah, and by extension, probably not good for Kiyomiya. Yeah, no, I fully agree. Like, I, it's just been a really baffling decision for me by Noah to just have this young lion come in and just kind of run roughshod over your promotion to some degree. Like, obviously not completely. Like, obviously he was the guy that took the pin here. Like, it would have been outrageous if he would have been the one so that took the pin here. <laughs> yeah, it, it really would have been. Oh, my God. But at the very least, Noah has at least a minimum of self-respect and had to you take the pin here. Right. Um, but yeah, I really also do not get what Noah is getting out of this by like, yeah, like it just really just exposes them because at least like all Japan, when they brought in some of like, and I think one of them was Oiva when they brought in like the new Japan young lions, like they at the very least were like still portraying them as young lions and not like guys that get title shots. Right. Yeah. That's crazy. So, yeah. Yeah, but again, they were also brought in as young lions, whereas this is very, like, they very clearly were like, well, he's not a young lion anymore, and this is his excursion, it's just bizarre, I think is the best way to frame it, because I don't think we've ever seen something like this in Japan. Yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna uh, do the Hogan run through Noah, and then go back to New Japan as a big star, and uh, Noah's yeah. gonna be left holding the bag. Yep, and still with new young yep. talent. So I don't fucking know. Anyway, uh, finishing off the no, uh, almost finishing off the Noah portion. Um, for the GHC Junior Heavyweight Title, Daga defeats Hayata in 90 minutes and 24 seconds with the Diablo Wings, where Hayata fails on his fifth defense, and Daga is your new champion, and Ata is the first challenger, and just. You know, that Ata fellow is a draw. Don't give a shit. Yes, he is. Yes. Yes, he is. He absolutely is. And he can be a good wrestler in Dragon Gate. He just never, ever has shown that outside of Dragon Gate. Like, I was so hopeful when he came into Noah. I was like, oh, man, fuck yeah, Ata. I love Ata. And then it's just been an absolute wet fart time and time again from him. Whenever he wrestles in Noah, and I just, and especially, Daga is just, you know, just the master of the freestyle special. Well, if you so, think it's been a wet I'm part just, so far, I would suggest whatever. pinching your nose, because I think that match is going to fucking suck. Um, I don't know, like, Hayata is, like, I, you haven't gone what I have gone through with, like, these, like, endless Hayata title rings. It's true. I haven't subjected myself to that. Um. I tend to leave my masochism for the Darth Vader gimp suit, so. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> no, but Hayata, right? 
he first won the title in 2017, and he has held it five times. He has a total of 767 days as champion. Which puts him third all-time. He's just behind Daisuke Harada and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Continue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> He has like he has like he has two hundred days like actually almost on the dot he has two hundred days more with that title than Taiji Ishimori. Taiji Ishimori is at five hundred sixty six days and Hayata is at seven hundred sixty seven days. I, yeah. That sure <laughs> I don't know. I can't imagine yep. subjecting my yeah, that's tough. I mean um, short of like, I mean that's the thing. Okay, I mean now like with the like with the tag titles, like I said, like I I kind of like that. What Nova really has a turf of even more than like heavyweight singles people is like junior singles so, people. So the real hope because you have this like the real hope needs to be mm -hmm. the Dragon Bane and Alpha will break up and feud for the junior title. Actually, I would say no because one of my criticism points of those two and Noah has been that Noah only ever books their matches either with each other or against each other. So if they break them up, I would actually hope that, like, that's, like, maybe they build that up, but I would actually like to see them feud with, like, people that aren't I each agree. Other. You know what? Dragon Bane Dagger. Or, I don't know, like, like, one of the, like, I don't, like, Alejandro versus, like, Dragon Bane. Like, there are people that are exciting on the junior roster. They just aren't pushed. Sure. You know what? Ninja Mac versus Dragon Bane. That would that, fucking rock. Like, or Alpha Bowl. <laughs> that, that would fucking rock, yeah, actually. You know what? You got me. Alright. As long as it doesn't involve any combination of, like, Daga or Hayata or Ata. You know what? Out of all of this fucking, like, endless fucking feud, the only one that I would want to, like, remain in the, like, singles title picture is Yoshinari Ogawa. Because he fucking rocks. True. So you know what? I hope this whole thing ends with Ogawa. And he just tells all three of them to go fuck themselves. And he just starts feuding with e literally anyone else on the junior roster. Ogawa Alejandro? God, yeah. Like, it's literally you just tell me anyone versus Ogawa. Except for Daga, Hayata, and Eita. I'm going to say fuck yeah. Uh, well, uh, well, no, 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 wait, 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 I'll take that back, unless it's super crazy. <laughs> yeah, oh, God, yes. Well, he tore his ACL. So, that's not going to be happening for a while. But, you know, Junta Miyawaki, if you actually, like, want to get over him hanging out with two people that smoke weed or whatever, and actually start pushing him again, then, you know. Oh, we, we don't need that. him, we don't need SB Kento, those uh, hotheads, you know, can't do it. No. Well, I mean, those two aren't late, so uh, him and Fujiwara, Spikento uh, and Fujiwara, so. That's clearly the, where they would, where I saw the trajectory of those two people going. Condolences <laughs> to those guys. I, I remember oh, when those two man. were the, the biggest prospects in Japan and we're going to bring prosperity back to Dragon Gate. And like, when we did, like, the first, like, like, on the, in the first year of this podcast, right, we did, like, the half-year awards for 2022. And I just remember for, like, Rookie of the Year how much of a, like, 
everyone was discussing about like Takuma Fujiwara and we're like a year and a half away from that and now he's like a guy a Mexico indie scummer yeah what the fuck I, uh, I don't know I, I, I mean okay I guess I'll derail again uh, that feels like the path for Dragon Gate guys they get like a lot of hype for the first two years that they exist and then they do nothing from a business perspective and then they just kind of either go work weird promotions or they stay in Dragon Gate and do whatever Ben K is doing. Um, I I mean, for modern, <clears throat> yeah, mo- modern Dragon Gate guys, I yeah, would say. Like, I just, I don't... Because obviously you have, like, guys like Shingo, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, um, I don't think... Um, I don't know, yeah. I, I keep hearing all these, like, great prospects who are going to turn the fortunes of the company around, and every time that pops up, I uh, wait to see it. Well, and the ones that actually had charisma were the ones that, like, leave, yeah. and now you have Madoka Kikuta, which has... You know what? You were saying about, like, a guy that, like, does everything to, like, sabotage his charisma, mm-hmm. but you know what? I will say Jake Lee has more charisma than, like, Kikuta, or what's his face? What's the... Yeah, that's true, actually. Jake Lee sabotages his charisma, but he has it, whereas, like, the, dra- the young Dragon guys, Gate guys just don't have any charisma. Yeah. Um, fair. I think that's fair. Do you remember in, like, 2000s in, like, American Indies where you'd have these guys who, like, had no presence, no charisma, but they could do really wild flippy-doos, and they would usually end up working CZW? Yes, actually, because that was like my prime years of like watching. <laughs> uh, that's CZW, what that's actually. what the Dragon Gate prospects remind me of. You want guys who are... like remember like really early Shane Strickland as like the Wyatt TV yeah, 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 CZW. Yeah, yeah. If you and he had no charisma. No, at all. <laughs> yeah. If you ever wanted to see guys run in circles really fast and do a bunch of flippy doos, Godspeed. And that's kind of what I get of the uh, <clears throat> the modern BG guys. I don't know. I I didn't. Uh, I don't see it with them very often at this stage. And it's like, one of them will move 12 more tickets than the last champion and they're the next yeah. rock. And it's like, I don't know. Um, I mean, it's like, Yuki, I, I really, like, after the N1, I really gave up, up on, on Yuki, Yuki, Yuki Yoshioka, where it's like, no, like, he stinks. Like, like, it's just like, I was like trying for a while and be like, okay, maybe there is something, but like, did, no, there's nothing there. Like, literally on the last match, for that tour where he was on. He was like in a six man tag match with like the other guys that were in his block and he literally came out looking like he was like being held hostage. <laughs> and like I was like, the fuck is this? At least be professional and like pretend that you care. Right? Like fuck off man. Yeah. So are we going to all Japan? Yeah, uh, yeah, just real quick, one more Noah thing and then we can move <laughs> on to all Japan. After uh, an hour and forty-one minutes, I, I'm gonna speed. I, I maybe I'm actually just gonna skip a bunch of the house shows because even if I just speed run them, uh, it's gonna take a while. Uh, so just be quick because we have aside from the Soya vs Kenner match, which we already talked about, uh, we have one more uh, match announced for Noah, which is for Noah the Best 2023 on the second of December from the Yokohama Budokan. We have a special tag match, Keno and Jinsei Shinzaki versus Manabu Soya and Tetsumi Fujiwara, Fujinami. Um, Do you think they're going to give sure. Fujinami the legacy <laughs> run? Is he the next? Is he the next Mudo? 
No, 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 no. I think oh, this is literally wow. just them. Because uh, we were talking about it before where they're like, where we were like, how are they going to like sell tickets for these shows without Ken or title matches? And I think this might be what they are doing here where they like put these old guys on there and tag matches and hope that that somehow will draw. No. Because again, like Soya and Keno, like Soya and Keno is like the actual like title match that's being built here. Unless maybe they're building for like a Jin Seishinzaki vs. Tsumi Fujinami match on the undercard of the Ariaki show. (laughs) Because sure, why not? (laughs) Actually, I don't know off the top of my head what's the connection between Fujinami and Soya. Because I know Shinzaki and Keno have a connection because they're kind of like from the same area and everything. I believe the connection is they're working a special tag match together. Yes, I think that might be a two and Fujinami is yeah. a draw. And also, oh, oh my god, is this why they've been booking Leona so much, like recently? You may have put it together. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see where this one goes. Anyway, okay. We're done with Noah. Over and done with. All Japan. Uh, who have had an absolute shit ton of shows. But not a lot of them have really been particularly relevant. Um, so I'm just kind of going to touch maybe on some stuff that I thought was like really good on those shows. You know... So I'm not even going to read out the... You know what, real yeah? quick, the Soya thing might be... Because if I remember, uh, Nishimura was his uh one of his teachers like as a wrestler and Nishimura yep. is a student of Fujinami. Ah so it's by like one degree of separation. Yeah. yeah. So I guess maybe Nishimura was like busy with like uh legislative stuff Doing or whatever because he's still else probably, yeah. No 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 he is like an actual politician. Like he has like an actual like position. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Like... So it might be that yeah. So like yeah, yeah, so it might legitimately be they wanted to book Nishimura for this, but he was like, yeah, I, I can't, I don't, I have this, I have this, this, and this to do on that date. So like, but I can get you Fujinami, which yeah, I, I think that makes sense. Okay, uh, so yeah, so all Japan ran a bunch of shows. Uh, I'm not gonna read out all of the results for that because uh, this show will go into like absolute overdrive, and Red Circle is gonna yell at us. Um, so I'm just going to kind of talk about like some stuff that I really liked on those shows. So from the first one, on the 10th of uh, on the f- 10th, the 31st of October, uh, from the uh, Imakane Town General Gymnasium in front of 618 fans, which by the way was announced as a super no vacancy, uh, we had in the main event, Kento Miyahara and Yuma Eoyagi versus Ryuki Honda and Yuma Anzai go to a 30-minute time limit draw and yeah i i really like this match um this isn't even the first draw between these two teams that they've done which i think is really curious and really interesting i think i'm really interested to see how this affects kind of what they're gonna do with these two teams in the real world tag Mm -hmm. league because obviously like there aren't any blocks in the real world tag league so these two are going to face each other in there uh, and the fact that they have gone to the time limit draw twice in a row now 
it tells me they'll be okay. I I think that means something. It means something, definitely mm-hmm. for sure. So yeah, we'll see. What Sneaky that prediction. Goes. One team will win. Mm-hmm. Or, so the I haven't watched the real world tag in a while. So if I'm wrong about this, correct me if I'm wrong. The two top point getters compete in the final, correct? Mm, I don't remember what they've actually announced okay. for this year. Generally speaking, especially if there's only one block, it's actually just the team with the most points that just wins it. Mm. But what they've done is because the because all Japan doesn't do tiebreakers, mm. is that they just have two teams tied right. on the final night and then they do a That's final. Right. Um, maybe they do. Uh, okay, well, no, that doesn't make any sense. So never mind. My prediction's out. I was gonna say maybe they have one team. Well, I guess they can still do it. I guess one team beats the other team earlier in the tour. And then at the end of the tour, they face off in mm-hmm. the final, and the other team gets the win. Yeah, let me actually take a look real quick when they face each other during the tour. I think it's actually really early. I think that one is actually okay. So it's not the so actually, yeah, they're facing each other on the first, second, third night. In the Nagoya in Nagoya International Conference Hall, so that is actually a relatively big building. Um, uh, so the main eventing there, at least from like the match listing mm-hmm. I got, I mean obviously that one's going to be the main event. But what I do find interesting, kind of on the final night in Kurikan, they're kind of listed as like uh, like basically the uh, semi-main is Honda and Anzai versus the Saitos. Mm-hmm. And then the main currently is listed as Yuma and Kento versus Nakajima and Hokuto Omori. That sounds fun, at least. Yeah, so I, what I definitely see, could see where like Honda and Anzai beat the Saitos, and then Nakajima and Omori beat Kento and Yuma, and that causes Honda and Anzai and Yuma and Kento to beat ties at the top and then they have to do a main event and then they have to do like a, a like deciding t- uh, final match mm-hmm. essentially but yeah we'll see like I, I, but I think it's definitely notable that they have gone to a draw mm-hmm. twice now and what that means going forward okay uh, then I don't think there's really anything to talk about from the show on the 1st of November in the Yotsuba Arena, Tokachi Sub Arena, for 528 people. Um, same with the next one on the second. Uh, on the third, though, the one I want to talk about there is the uh, World Tag Team title match, where the Saitos defeat Takao Omori and Yoshitatsu in 60 minutes and 24, uh, when Ray pinned Omori with a diving body press. Um, yeah, I mean, this was really kind of the definition of a filler title defense and I, I mean everyone knew that when they set up the match um jeff do you want to know how they set up this match yeah so basically omori and yoshitatsu lose a match in the opener and then the saitos win the uh, titles in the main event and then Omori and Yoshitatsu, uh, basically, like, after they lose their match, Omori 
told like Yoshitatsu, where Yoshitatsu was really frustrated, where Mori then just told him, ah, don't worry, I have an idea, and then they attacked the Saitos afterwards to like set up a title match. So like, from the beginning, this was just like a complete kind of joke title offense that everyone knew they were going to lose anyway. Because this team is a joke and Yoshitatsu is leaving the promotion at the end of the year. Because it's long overdue as well. Like, he actually has been, like, this has, act, like, his run with, like, All Japan has been, like, as long as, as his entire run with WWE and longer than his run with New Japan. I think it's long overdue that he just gets the fuck out yeah. of here. Okay, um, then from the show from the four of uh, I mean, I liked Yuma Eoyagi versus Renayabe. I thought that was a fun match. Uh, I kind of also liked the uh, the the kind of the match that was setting up the junior title match with Kento Miyahara and Rising Hayato and Gresham defeating T-Hawk, Elinaman, and Abe uh, in 90 minutes and 10 uh, when Gresham used the octopus on Abe to get him to submit. Uh, yep. I mean, again, like you just look at the people in that match and you just know like that that's a good match. Like these six people could basically like sleepwalk into a great match with each Ooh. other, essentially. Okay, but then we get kind of to the kind of the two main shows and both of them happened on the 5th of November from the Hotel Emisia in Sapporo. Uh, so we had an afternoon show and an evening show. So we're going to go through the afternoon show first. The afternoon show was in front of 596 fans, which that is actually generally right around what All Japan would draw in this building previously, also like pre-pandemic as well, which is when they put kind of Jake on top a lot uh, because he is uh, from Hokkaido, so they kind of used him as like a local draw and everything. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's definitely good to see that, like, them kind of drawing the same kind of number as they were kind of with the local guy on top, although Hokuto Mori is also a local guy. So then in the main, uh, in the opener, uh, again, as I was saying, Yoshitatsu is leaving this promotion, and this again was more fodder for it, where Ren Ayabe defeated Yoshitatsu in 7 minutes and 42 with a falcon arrow. Then we had... Atsuki Iyagi and Rising Hayato defeated Hikaru Sato and Ryu Inoue, Inoue in 10 minutes 41 seconds. Uh, when, See, yeah. I think they've got something to focus on more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my thing with Fokuto Omori is he is very clearly a step behind his peers in terms of in-ring mm-hmm. work, but he has a lot of charisma. He has a lot of charisma and he's great at getting his ass Yes. He's selling his Yeah. No, no, no. He's really great at, like, yeah. And he also, like, I think actually him teaming with Nakajima is mm. great um, because he kind of has, like, very similar prick energy. Like, he doesn't have the same intensity as Nakajima, but they're both, like, really good at just being, like, assholes. Well, basically. Nakajima is also going to be the hot tag, right? Um, Hokuto is yeah. going to spend the entire match getting his ass whooped, which I think is his strength. I don't think he's particularly great on offense. Um, but if you just have him in there getting battered by Suwama, he's fantastic. Yeah. No, no, he's he's really good at that. Uh, it's just 
if you kind of look at like the other people, like there is a certain working standard at the top of the promotion, and I don't think he is He's at not. that level. But I think like something like this team with Nakajima is like perfect spot mm. for him, essentially. Uh, but yeah, okay. So the uh, next match: Takaro Mori, uh, Tomoya, and Noriyuki Yoshida defeat Black Man Three, Fuminori Abe, and Hokai Kumagoro. Seven minutes and thirty-eight. Uh, when uh, when Omori hit Mensure with the axe bomber, then in a special singles match, T Hawk defeated Dan Tamara in ten minutes and fifty-one seconds with the night ride. Uh, I don't know if you watched this no. one, Jeff. No, uh, I I actually this one like as we were talking about before, kind of about how T Hawk is like really good, uh, a, a lot better in all Japan. I think this was again yet more evidence of that. Because I thought this was actually like ended up being a really really fun match, and he definitely did a lot better than like his late compatriot uh, on the show. Then uh, in the next match, in a special six-man tag match, Kenta Miyahara, Yuma Iyagi, and Shuji Ishikawa defeated Suwama, Rayuki Honda, and Yuma Anzai in 40 minutes and 41, when Ishikawa pinned Anzai after a Splash Mountain bomb. Um, one thing I will say on this is um, it's interesting that. Anzai, now that he's a bit more than a year, is actually taking a lot more pins than he was during his first year. I think it was really good that they, like, because they protected him a lot during his first year. Like, he was taking very few pins, which, again, is extremely unusual in Japan for, like, a guy that is, like, a literal rookie. Um, but I think it really helped establish him as, like, a guy that is important to fans, like, immediately. And I think now that he is actually established as like where they're like, look, he isn't triple crown level yet, but no. like, pay attention to this guy. He is going to get there eventually. And we are going to push him. So, you know, keep your eyes on him. And now that they've actually managed to do that, they can actually have him be a bit more of a guy that can take pins in like six man tags especially if it's against guys the level of Ishikawa yeah, uh, so I, I thought that was just like an interesting thing I also thing think you're on the risk of overexposing him at that point and if you telegraph it too yeah. heavily risk the fans turning on him I think the fans are more into him now that he is taking pinfalls it's added uh, some layers to him I think um, yeah because before <clears throat> he was actually like weirdly like an unbeatable superman unless he was in there with like Minoru Suzuki and Shingo Takagi. Right. So, you know, I think this has been a positive for him on the whole. Um, you know, it's funny. Um, when I was uh, reviewing things, I literally just said, um, my dog is currently making a whole stick. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I should yell from on the mic. Um, but, um, yeah. Um, <clears throat> Yuma Anzai, yeah, I think Yuma Anzai is somebody the fans really desperately want. Certainly in the long term, but um, I don't think I don't think it's likely that uh, like I think if they try to do it within the next year, it's it's too soon. Um, but three years from now, I I think if he hasn't hit that level, I'd be really surprised. Yeah. Oh, yes, for sure. Because again, I mean, it's it's it was already extremely unusual for Japan to push like a rookie. Oh the way they have it's even more unusual for like all japan which tradition like which has like historically been 
a promotion that is like very conservative with its booking, like almost to a fault. Because All Japan for a long time had kind of that similar issue like Noah has, but like they didn't really develop their young guys a lot, or they kind of missed up in How much do you think Nakamura poisoned the well for like the super the super rookie push? Um, I don't know, because I'm trying to think what other super rookies pose. I mean, Okada is the only Nakamura they even like, have been. Like, I, well, Okada didn't use the like. It, Okada returned from his excursion was great, so I don't think it's comparable to Nakamura. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Nakamura just like appeared one day, and they were like, "This is the next guy, accept it." And fans were like, "Okay, but what if we don't?" And, <laughs> and uh, I yeah, I don't I I. I do kind of wonder if that rejection that was there for the initial Nakamura run has somewhat deterred uh, companies from trying a similar. I mean, maybe. I mean, bec because I will say at the very least that, like, Anza is, like, really mm. over. I don't think there's any indication right now that fans are rejecting well, he, he him. Also like, hasn't... like, I think quite the opposite. No, no, I, I th but I also think he hasn't had. I mean, his push isn't quite to the level of the initial. Oh yeah, yeah no. so I yeah. think if he had, he was it, just really protected for a young yeah, boy. Yeah, so I'm I'm wondering if he had, you know, like I, I'm sure they would have liked to have done that or something close to it. Like that is the vibe I got, but I wonder if there was hesitance, to, positive hesitance, frankly, to go all the way because mm -hmm. you know, in the past it was a problem. I mean, what I will say. Well, obviously, I think even back then, New Japan's business metrics were better than All Japan's mm -hmm. are now. I also think that at the time of the Nakamura push, New Japan's main event scene was more dire than All Japan's main event scene is right now. If that no, makes sense. Because at the very least, because at the very least, like All Japan right now has Kento and they have Yuma. They can still get at least a little bit of juice out of Suwama if necessary. So, like, there are like three people there, whereas. Who else did New Japan have when they like decided to give that super rookie push to Nakamura? Ooh, um, I mean, technically, so that was what two thousand three. I mean, obviously, you know, Nagata, Nagata. was there. Um, I mean, Tanahashi was there, but not he wasn't Tanahashi. That's not like in no way, shape, or form yeah. was he like the Tanahashi. Um, then I'm trying to. I remember the. Now. The, the big card, the so the main event of um, the January 4th show that year was uh, Nagata versus Barnett, right? So they would have yeah. had uh, they would have had Kusaka, Fujita, Takiyama. Yeah, which as someone I watched a lot of no, watches a lot of no, I can fucking tell you that Fujita is yeah, nothing. Yeah, they also and he they never had would. the ghost of uh, Masahiro Chono still. You get me? Getting, getting your juices flowing. Yeah, but that's like Kojima. Kojima was, was there, like but negatively. I can't remember. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I think that is actually before. No, I think 2003 is before Kojima's jump. Uh, well, yeah, I don't think he was. I think he was there. Uh, sorry. Or I think that is just after he jumped to All Japan. I think that is actually after he's gone. I think I think he worked the January Fourth show that year. Uh, 2000. No, he didn't. He worked one it was show. The 
Yeah, he worked. That, but that was literally his only thing he did yeah. in all in New Japan that entire yeah, year. Yeah. Like it was him and Tenzan versus it was him and Tenzan versus Nakanishi and Chono. Yeah, no, they didn't have anyone. That's... Like that entire that okay, not to like go on another New Japan tangent, but okay, I'm just gonna read you out that January like fourth card because it's yeah. dire. So. Opener is Nishimura versus Tatsumi Fujinami in eight minutes. Okay, you know, it's... Then you have, then you have the Young Generation Semi Cup, uh, Young Generation Cup Semi Final. Uh, Yutaka Yoshi defeats Shinya Makabe. Oh, that was that okay, skinny Makabe. Makabe. Skinny Makabe, yeah. Yeah, that that is still skinny junior Makabe. Yeah. Uh, the next one in the Young Generation. Semi Cup final is Ryushi Yanigasawa defeats Kenzo Suzuki. You're not a Kenzo Suzuki then guy? Then you have. Hmm? You're not a Kenzo Suzuki guy? No, no, not really. <laughs> uh, then in the next one, in a tag team match, you have Dai Margin and Makai number one defeating Hiro Saito and Tatsutoshi Goto by DQ. That's what, the third best Goto? Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, you know who Dai Margin is? Um, Giant Silver, right? Yeah. Yep. Then in the next match, you have Makai number four and Makai number five defeating Masahito Kakihara and Takashi Izuka. That's. And you have. That's Shibata, you know? Yep, that's Shibata. really bad. <laughs> but still, <laughs> you know, that's. Uh, Shibata teaming with Nagai. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> 2003 Shibata is a peak. Yeah, that too, yeah. Then you have a six-man tag match. Koji Kanemoto and Takehiro Murahama defeating Heat, Masayuki Naruse, and Tiger Mask. Okay, that match may not have sucked. That so far is the best match, but that's a really bad sign. It's not great. Yeah. Uh, then in the Young Generation Cup final match, Ryushi Yanagisawa defeats Yutaka Yoshi in six minutes and forty-eight seconds. Who also didn't really do a whole lot afterwards either. Like I don't even remember why he retired. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, okay, no, it's not. Uh, it it doesn't get much better as we get higher <laughs> up the card. Then we have uh, Michiyoshi Ohara and Shinsuke Nakamura defeat Kazunara Murakami and Tatao Yasuda. Uh, seven minutes, that could have been okay. No, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hiroyoshi Tenzan and Satoshi Kojima defeat Manabu Nakanishi and Masahiro Chono, which uh, might have been the best match on the show. Um, I remember that one going pretty long compared to the rest of the card. Um, yeah, it was. It is. I think it is actually by far. Yeah, it's not even close. It's by far the longest match on the show. It's twenty-three minutes eighteen seconds. That makes sense to me. <laughs> then in the semi-main event for the NWF Heavyweight Title, Yoshihiro Takayama defeats Tsuyoshi Kosaka in ten minutes and eighteen seconds. Yep, that was a match. And then in your main event for the IWGP Title. It's Yuji Nagata defeats Josh Barnett in 10 minutes and 14 oh. seconds with five votes from the cage match inmates has a score of 6.0. Yeah. 
Oh, okay. So that's actually pretty disappointing because I actually thought, okay, you know, I could get up. Like that match sounds exciting, but um, yeah, no, this was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Probably an all-time bad like Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, it was great. I uh, and it was in front of approximately. You didn't see me do the air quotes. Fifty thousand. Yeah, yeah. They have well, the, the attendance. Um, you know, I think I saw listed at one point was thirty. But uh, that was that was also probably being very. <clears throat> yeah, I think if you look at if you look at footage from that show, like this, the way those numbers are legit. I mean, look at the card. There's no way fifty thousand people no. wanted to watch that no. shit. Anyway, <laughs> to uh, go back, uh, so for the top two matches of the afternoon show, uh, for the All Japan World Junior Heavyweight Title. It's L. Lindemann defeats Jonathan Gresham in 12 minutes and 44 with a Tiger suplex hold for his fourth defense. And this L. Lindemann reign keeps going. I mean, we were kind of talking about it already, right? Where, like, L. Lindemann is just really lazy. And I think, really, ever since he lost to G-Rex, he just... I don't know. I think he just basically is just, like, is what he is. And he his motivation levels seem to just have dropped off a cliff and this... If Jonathan Gresham can't drag you to... Like, I think it was a good match. But if Jonathan Gresham can, can't drag you to a match that is, like, anything special, really... Like, it's a match that I'm gonna forget even happened. Like, if you ask me again in, like, five years, that, like, hey, do you remember Lindemann had a match with Gresham? I'm like, he did? You know? Like, that's bad. But I, I think in general, though, Gresham, I think fit in pretty well in all Japan. Like I, I, I'm hoping that they do actually bring my back. my issues with Gresham Let's see. are largely I think his strikes have always looked like shit. Like the package when I well, see him yeah. is great. He has a he has an awesome look. I actually think him being small helps. Um because he's mm-hmm. he's jacked. Especially in yeah. all Japan, which is a really tall promotion well, in Japan. I mean it is kind of it's funny tall when Japan. He's in, it's like yeah. Swama, so it looks like he's you know but um I mean <laughs> But he has a great look. Um, his in-ring work is sensational, but his strike, like his drop kick, always misses by twelve miles. Um, you know, everything is just a little light for me. Uh, I'm the, I know I'm a strikes pervert, I guess. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I am the origin. Nothing wrong I'm with the that. originator of the take that Moxley is overrated because his strikes are dog shit. Um, Okay, I do disagree with that I, part. <laughs> I, I mean, listen, I've seen Moxley in some great matches, but when that brother is not laying it in, it's unfortunate to me. It just—it's super see-through. I can't do it. But um, I have that same problem with Gresham. But on the whole, I think he's a great wrestler, um, and I think if they could somehow get him into, like, say, the junior scene, it would really, really help them out. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, he was kind of the biggest import in terms of, like, foreigners and, like, forever. You can basically. also tell Gresham is working for his uh, continued employment because he's burnt a lot of bridges yeah. and uh, is running yes. out of places that are interested. Uh, very telling that New Japan didn't yeah. bother bringing him back. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I think that is telling as well. So we'll, we'll see if he burns. I hope he doesn't burn a bridge of All Japan because I think All Japan actually can really need someone, like, can really use someone like him. Mm-hmm. 
Um, we shall see if they bring him back after the tour. I think it's telling, though, that on their first tour with him, they immediately gave him a title match, which isn't something All Japan is doing generally. Mm. But yeah, we shall see if this was a one-off or if they turn it into something like a bit more. Well, yeah, he was the PWI number 36 wrestler or whatever he was saying. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Still, I still can't believe that that's like a thing that actually happened where like Tony Khan was like, hey man, can't book me like this. I'm, I'm in the PWI number 31. Come on, man. Like, it's such fucking dog shit, dude. Like, I, I like Gresham, but man, come on. That's I want to like, imagine he told He should Peter get shoved that. into a locker for I want to that. imagine he told like, Peter that. I maybe that's why I didn't like that works even less, right? Because I think with Tony Khan, because he is such a wrestling nerd, I think you actually have a chance of that doing something. Yeah, you've got no shot. Gator doesn't give a shit at all. He's like, "What the fuck is the PW yeah, like, oh, yeah, Get yeah, the fuck yeah, out of my yeah, office." Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, Would you like to eat a wrench from show? Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, in the main event of this show, we have for the uh, All Japan World Tag Team titles, we have Jun Saito and Rei Saito defeating Minoru Suzuki and Hokuto Omori in 21 minutes and 33 seconds. Uh, when Jun Saito pinned Omori after the doom for the second defense of the titles. And yeah, I, I thought this was better than the Takao Omori and Yoshitatsu match. Um, Solid match, nothing great, I would say. Uh, but I am curious how the fighters are going to do in the real world tag league, though. So. But I do expect them to lose the titles on the uh, January Curricans against whoever wins the real world tag league. All right, and then on the evening show on the same day of the 5th of November. Also from the hotel, Emicia in Sapporo in front of 797 fans. Which is actually the best number all Japan has ever drawn in that building. And it's a building, like I think they're actually the promotion that runs this building most regularly. So I think that is actually noticeable that they, this is actually the best number they've ever drawn in that building. Like I don't know what the max capacity is for this, but I can't imagine it's much more than they've drawn, to be honest. Just based on previous numbers. Right. Okay, and then in the opener, Takao Mori and Yoshitatsu defeated Hikaru Sato and Sidney Shota Stevens <clears throat> when Omori uh, pinned Shota after the axe bomber. So, uh, then they we, pulled yeah. a janitor for the local school for this, correct? <laughs> Who the I mean, maybe. Fuck? There, there are, uh... <laughs> I just tuned in and it looks like, yep. it looks like one of my friend's dads is wrestling... In the opener for all Japan, it's like that was that was unfortunate. Uh, it was like it was funny for okay. ten seconds watching him get beat up, and then it got. I was like, what am I doing? You know. I mean, fair enough. Yeah, but uh, it's it's something that all Japan does, where they pull on these like local guys just to like maybe sell some more tickets, but then they put them on like the undercard and just drop them out. Which, you know what? I think is fair enough. Like, they might look like shit, but, like, it's your opener against, like, Takao Mori and Yoshitatsu. Like, it's whatever. 
Although, uh, I'm like, if there may be someone else you might have some questions about. Because in the next match, we have Noriyuki Yoshida and Hokai Kumagoro defeating Black Manta Ray and Tomoya in 6 minutes and 29 mat, uh, minutes, uh, 29 seconds, uh, after an Inazuma Leg Lariat from Yoshida on Black Manta Ray. Those are certainly names you just said. Yes. Uh, so what are your thoughts on uh, Hokai Gumagoro? Uh, I don't know. I, this match was nothing for me. My eyes glazed over. I didn't, I didn't like the work. Um, this was probably the low point for me on the card, truthfully. <laughs> I, uh, uh, I mean, there is actually a bit of lore here with Hokai Gumagoro. Um, so, basically, he used to wrestle under the name Brute Issei, like, years and years ago. And he was actually seen as, like, a bit of, like, I wouldn't say a hot prospect, but at least, like, a guy that all Japan was actually building up in, like, 2006, basically. And he had, like, a really bad, like, shoulder injury which took him out of commission for like 11 years so he actually really only has come back like recently with this like kumagoro like gimmick where like he carries around the fish and all of that but this is actually a guy that if he didn't get like a really bad injury he actually could have been something like i don't know if he ever would have been like a really good in-ring wrestler but like I mean you can still see it underneath like the like gimmick that he's wearing right now, yeah. right? Like he's like a pretty tall guy and all of that. So you can see where like he would have had like a lot of appeal to a promotion, like all Japan especially. Mm-hmm. But obviously got derailed by a massive injury and now he's doing this. Yeah. But yeah. It it is interesting that he's like back in all Japan now. Like um. Uh, wait, math is deserting me right now. Uh, seventeen years later. So, which is a lot of time, to be frank. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, then in the next match, Minoru Suzuki and Hokuto Amori defeat uh, Suwama <coughs> and Ryo Inoue in seven minutes and fifty seconds. Uh, when Suzuki uses a gotch style pile driver on Inoue. Uh, I think this was like the first time you've ever seen Ryo Inoue, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, is there any wrestler he reminds you of? I mean, a lot, but he, to me, he seems like a somewhat generic, um, secondary heel. Like, I don't know how to put it, but like, he, um, he just seems like a tier two shit heel in the tag team. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, he was, yeah, he well, was solid. Okay, so the thing is... He was no, solid. No, I mean, the thing is with him is he's still, like, basically, like... I think he's still tech, kind of a young boy. I don't know if they fully, like, graduated from him yet. But, like, his look and everything and his style of wrestling is, like, very reminiscent of Kawada. Like, we've actually dubbed him Mini Kawada now. Interesting. Um, uh, maybe. Um, I would need to see more of him before I made that assertion. Uh... The thing that struck me in this match, um, not to get super off course, but the thing that struck me in this match was um, Suwama beat the fuck out of Amori. He beat Amori <laughs> like yes. he owed him 
a fortune. That was um, that was a real shock to the system because the first two matches were pretty light, and even the you know kind of the work in that match was light to a point. But the minute Amori and Suwama touch the ring, Suwama just starts beating the dog shit out of this man. <laughs> like, this, did Amori do something wrong? And he hits the Insiguri, and like Suwama barely well, not sells it. Like Suwama barely pretends it happened. And um, he does the hot tag for Suzuki, and I'm thinking, okay, they're gonna, they're building something here. Suzuki's gonna come out with a big hot tag. This is gonna be a stiff exchange. Suzuki's gonna get shit over. And Suzuki has the softest hot tag you have ever seen him have in his life. Like he barely touches Suwama. Like the forearms look like, meh, you know, uh, the punt barely landed. Uh, I was like, what the like? I think, and then Suwama starts throwing back, and he's much lighter with Suzuki. I'm like, oh, these two have a gentleman's agreement not to beat the piss out of each other. <laughs> okay, you know, uh, Suzuki's taking it easy in here. Poor, poor Amori, on the other hand, is just getting the guy, you know, the, the shit beat out of him. Yeah, it was, uh, it was funny. I, I was, uh, you know, if they would have had a hot exchange with Suzuki and uh, Suwama, I was flirting with four. Like four plus. Uh, I love the oh, Amori stuff. That's and uh, you know to uh, the credit of you know really he was pretty good. But um, yeah. Okay, no, fair enough. I mean, I liked this match too. Not quite that much, but yeah, no, I mean, it, it was a well, solid match. Because if they would have fit in the Suzuki Suwama kind of stiff stretch, it would have. I think it would have helped pick up the back end of the match. Uh, so I'm just going off of the Amori Suwama stuff when I say it was cruising towards four. My expectation, because I still, I still have a, a view of Suzuki in my head that probably isn't adjacent with reality. Yeah, I think you kind of need to move on from like Suzuki being yeah. like a great wrestler, unfortunately. Uh, so I think like Suwama can actually still go a lot more than Suzuki can. Funny yeah. Um, well, so, well, I mean. Suwama's selling looked pretty, eh? Like, he doesn't seem like he wants to move a lot these days. But, um, I can imagine if Suwama is in the, you know, the lead position in a match, though, if he's doing 70% of the offense, that'd probably still fucking rock. <laughs> so, um, I mean, okay, I mean, not, not talking about Suwama being a lead position, but he basically, he's also the, like, All Japan, like, uh, six-man tag title, uh, the All Japan TV six-man tag team title champ uh, where he is currently kind of in a bit more of a sub-role, essentially. And I do mean it in that way because uh, he is currently uh, teaming with Mayumi Osaka and uh, Maya Yuhiki, where he is basically just a sub and is kind of like getting whipped by them in the race. I don't like it. Alright. Yes. And then we have in the next match Shuji Ishikawa and Renayabe defeating Jun Saito and Rei Saito in 5 minutes and 34 seconds. Uh, my condolences uh, when to Blackman to Ray. This was actually my least favorite match. I think Saito was fucking sucked. I mean, this was really weird. This, this was really sucked. weird. Why are the tag champions getting beaten in five minutes? Uh, because they fucking suck. And also, like, June uses to, like... No, 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 no. Okay. This is the only thing you've seen of them, that you can't say that they uh, suck. No, no, no. They look pretty fucking bad. 
Okay, here's the thing with the Cytus. I think the Cytus is like, okay, what I want you to do, right? Um, for the Cytus is I want you to go back to the show on the 9th of mm. October where they won the titles. Okay. And if you still don't like the Cytus after that match, then they're just not for you. Okay. I'll, I'll give it a go. Uh, well, uh, maybe to entice you a bit more, uh, they won the titles from Kento Miyahara and Yuma Aoyama. Okay, I'm interested. I'll, I'll give it a go. But the match is 37 minutes. 37 minutes? It's really good. Don't, don't let yourself get, don't let that put you oh, off from it. that sounds painful. It's I'm going to need the so much... gimp suit. Okay. Please. Jeff, Jeff, it has a current cage match rating of 8.11. Oh. Okay, so we, uh, we will have news for you uh, at some point once Jeff has watched this match and what his take on it was then. Okay, so but let's move on to the next one for now. Uh, so in a junior premium six-man tag team match, Dan Tamer, Rising Hayato, and Jonathan Gresham defeat Atsuki Oyagi, El Lindemann, and Fuminori Abe in 30 minutes and 59 seconds when Hayato used the Sid Vicious on Fuminori Abe. Yeah, I thought... This was I, I this was really good and I will say a Lindemann was very clearly like the weakest guy in here. Uh, no, I think that's fair. Um sorry, my dog is starting to get restless. Um uh <laughs> no, I think that's fair. I thought Gresham really stood out in this match. He looked great. Uh he looked like to me he was mm -hmm. the guy who definitively showed up to uh to work. Like I said, he's working like a guy who's uh looking for consistent work after burning a lot of bridges. So, you know, good find for all Japan. Um Mm -hmm. He uh, like so he looked really good, especially in contrast to other people in the ring. I thought uh, Lindemann in particular was a little bit of a letdown for me. Um, he didn't really do much. Um, I've never been an Abe guy, uh, so that's this match didn't change that for me. Um, I was also the low man on the uh, Abe Space Detectives or whatever the fuck match from earlier this year. Um, which I know isn't a popular take. A lot of people love that match, and it's great, and I'm happy for it. No, that. it really isn't. I actually, Abe is like the one guy. I hate autographs, and I hate mark picks, and Abe is the one guy where I broke both of those. Yeah, I mean, listen. I literally have like a Fuminori Abe like signed picture like behind I'm me. Sorry, friend. I just I can't do it. Um, <laughs> it's not for me. I mean, fair enough. Like sometimes the guy is just not for yeah. you. Yeah. Um, uh, other than that, yeah, the match was good. Not like three and a half. Um, not really much else to say. I thought Gresham stood out a lot, but I think that was by design. So. Okay. And then in the semi main event, Kento Miyahara and T Hawk defeat Ryuki Honda and Yuma Yanzai in 70 minutes and 46 seconds when Miyahara pinned Honda with a uh, with the shutdown suplex hold. I thought this was yeah. awesome. Now, I will say, I think Honda was the weak part of the match. Um, I disagree. Ooh, okay. So I did not enjoy Honda that much. Um, now, maybe if I had been alone for the journey, maybe if I wasn't dropping in, the way he works would make more sense to me. But to me, he just looks eh. 
Uh, I'm sure that's part of the game. Because okay, because to me he would have been a guy that I think you would have liked really a lot. No. Because he's a big horse and he just hits people. He does, hard. but like his work just looks meh to me. I don't know. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, now, I mean, there were points in the match where he looked pretty good, but there was a lot of it where I was like not impressed. I would need to see more of him before I made a a sweeping judgment. I would say, like, but and it, it could be an issue of I was much more enraptured with Miyahara and T Hawk. Um. But um, I didn't. Th- I thought he was comfortably the fourth best guy in the ring. Like I didn't think he was. I thought. I thought Anzai was better. Uh, I did think Anzai was. Um, I, I did get the fan support you were referencing earlier. Uh, that's very much there. It's really impressive for a guy that young. Um, and it's like you know, the big note I took for Anzai from that match is I hope they're. You know, I hope they don't rush it. Because I think he's building that uh, connection with the fans over time, and I think these are the kinds of matches that will help mm-hmm. him do that. Um, just being across the ring from Kento and seeing that, I mean, uh, you know, I I, I don't want to have a long Miyahara tangent because I mean this is a an AJPW an AJPW Noah show. Everyone here knows Miyahara is phenomenal. Um, but as somebody who doesn't watch as much Miyahara as um, maybe I should, every time I watch him, I'm struck by how fucking awesome he is and how genuinely tremendous his presence is. Um, he reminds me, and you'll know, given my stance on the person I'm about to name, that this is like a genuinely really high compliment. Mm-hmm. He reminds me so much of Tanahashi. Oh, oh, that is really... Okay, guys, like, you might not notice, but this coming from Jeff is, like, literally the highest I think possible Tanahashi is, you could uh, give. I think uh, Tanahashi and Perry Funker might fix for the greatest wrestlers of all time. Uh, I, for, okay, that, that is for, really me, for years, I, I um, couldn't appreciate Okada because he came after Tanahashi, and I simply didn't think he was that good. Like... Love Okada. I think Okada is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. New Japan is incredibly fortunate that they've had two back-to-back aces that are transcendent talents. But I have Tanahashi in there. Um, but so much of Mia Star's or Miyahara's charisma um, and the way he projects himself reminds me of a prime Tanahashi. If anything, with a touch more of a swagger to it. Um, and uh, I mean, because it, it's different, it it shows itself differently. But you know, it's it's flexing instead of an air guitar. Um, and um, I just I really enjoy Miyahara every time I see him. He's phenomenal. Um, and it it shows in these even it shows in his singles matches, but you really get it in these undercard tags. Um, I guess it's not like a card, semi main, but you get the idea. It shows in these tags, uh, and it really showed at the All Together show. Um, yeah. I think there's actually something I can tell you about Miyahara that we learned recently, which I think really puts everything into perspective. Um, his favorite wrestler growing up was Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. So, like, basically, he is Hulk Hogan if Hogan was a great worker. Yeah, kind of. I see it. I know I get it. That makes sense to me. And if you look at Tanahashi's influences, they were largely Western. Um, 
So, yeah. um, no, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, we we kind of touched on T-Hawk earlier. Um, he was sensational in this match. Uh, I just, I couldn't help but watch it and think, like, we need to get him in a bag and drag him away from strong hearts. But... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, maybe one more point on Honda mm-hmm. as well. Would it kind of change your mind if I tell you that Honda is 23? Yes, he looks like he is 45. No, he is 23. Well, hold on. This is he's a territory throwback then. All right. Okay, hold on. I've got I've got Yeah, no, I've he's got a, a young I've guy. Like evaluate this now. Hold on. Yeah. I thought that there was 45. <laughs> you just basically just No, he's like he's actually one of the last Wrestle 1 trainees. Oh my god. He looks like he's a he, he I was yeah. like this is like a some scummer who's had a long career and just randomly found himself. No. You know, I'm like and I'm like I don't <laughs> he's know. Five he's years fine. in. And it's like, it was like, he's great. And I'm like, really? If he's 23, he's really good. Um, yeah, exactly. I okay, okay, I okay. okay, I was really wondering about that, but like, I think that kind of changes the okay. whole, like, I legit thought he was his That really looked old. No. He... No, that's why they put him and Anzai so together, because they're basically funny. like, these are our next two guys. <laughs> He's gonna turn forty and look like he's eighty-six. All right, me. No, oh, that, I think he's just one of those guys that will, like, you know, like Arn Anderson. He's gonna look who's the like same age. Twenty-four, forever. and he looked like forty-eight. Yeah, yeah and now he's like sixty-two, and he looks like yeah, he's forty-eight. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. All right. All right. Okay, that that explains it a lot more. I was like, man, why is he so down on Honda? It's like twenty-three years old, man. It's not. He's like. Starting his career and he's still yeah, already really good, context. but that makes a lot more sense if you're thinking he was like Mitsuya Nagai. Yeah, yeah, I thought he was like 45, and I'm like, oh, he's fine, but okay, okay, so uh, glad we cleared that one up. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and now let's get. To the to the match, actually, probably most of the people are even listening this too far. I hope you enjoyed the Katsuhiko last Naked for the Triple Crown. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, I, I, I asked Rich actually what it is if we kind of go over like three hours, and he's like, that's ah, fine. Like, as long as we don't go like super mm-hmm. over, it's okay. So we, we can do, like, let's put it this way we can devote a lot of time just to this match. Yeah. Okay, so for the Triple Crown. Katsuhiko Nakajima defeats Yuma Eoyagi in 24 minutes and 16 seconds with the Northern Lights bomb, which means Yuma Eoyagi fails in a sixth defense, and Katsuhiko Nakajima is your new Triple Crown champion. Okay, so who's going first? Ah, uh, you go first. I. Fucking okay. love this match. Uh, so I will confess, I had not seen much of Ariyagi to this point. I had seen him, but not a lot. Um, I hadn't watched most of his title reign. Um, I just I haven't been tuned into All Japan that much. Um, <clears throat> he is phenomenal. One of the best fiery Eurocell baby faces I've seen in a while. It's crazy to me because I felt the same way about Naoya and Amura. Um, when he was kind of having his big rise and uh when he left is ironically like kind of when he started not a he got injured uh somehow i believe 
Um, but that really actually is kind of what turned me off of all Japan for a bit because I was really invested in the Mura. Uh, this guy is literally just better. Uh, he's great. <laughs> I mean, he's phenomenal. Yeah. He's, he's a tighter worker yeah. than Nomura. He has the same charisma. He has a better look. Um, he was phenomenal. And then to pair him with Nakajima and let Nakajima kind of work his natural tendency, which is that hyena-esque veteran shit heel, was amazing. And Nakajima fucking pummeled him. Aoyagi, to his credit, took one of the greatest ass whoopings. Like, not, I mean, maybe not one of the great, but just a tremendous ass kicking from Nakajima. Nakajima beat the shit out of that guy. And uh, it really amplified the match for me. I haven't seen a lot of this kind of stuff in Puro recently. Um, you know, there's uh, been a lot of, I think, I don't want to say Western influence, but I mean, that's kind of what I would call it. Um, there hasn't just been a match. Like, to me, there haven't been a lot of matches like this this year um, where it's just two guys beating the absolute shit out of each other until one of them can't go anymore. And uh, that's the impression this match gave me. I fucking loved it. Um, no nonsense. It was all entirely believable. Uh, there was enough, like, they, um, that mid-match spot where Nakajima punts him in the fucking ribs. And you could hear it. It was so gross. I love that shit. So, uh, yeah, I would buy it. I loved it. I was very, very excited for this. Okay, no, fair enough. I don't have that much to add because I think I'm kind of mirroring a lot of your thoughts that you had on it. Like, I thought this was, like, peak pro wrestling. I think it fell just short of five stars for me. Um, because, again, like, right, the thing with a five-star match is, like, you watch a five-star match and once it's over, you know it's a five-star match, right? Like, it's, to me, it's, like, a thing that operates purely off of, like, feeling and if you have to think about it it's not a five-star match and i think that's what i had with this match where i was thinking about it afterwards yeah. was like is this a five-star match and that made me realize it's not so but it, it it's definitely a match of the year contender i would say yeah, yeah yeah i will definitely like i will definitely like re-watch it like i will definitely like re-watch it once i do all of the, like which i actually have to do soon uh kind of like re-watch stuff Yes, I think it will very easily make my top ten as well. Do you think this is um, better than the Miyahara match? Which actually, hmm? no, I think the Miyahara match okay. is better because the Miyahara match had that element of realness. Because the Miyahara match. Uh, so sorry, which one do you mean? Do you mean Yuma and Miyahara or Nakajima and Miyahara? Nakajima, Nakajima Miyahara to me had that kind of like realness element mm -hmm. where like you know that there's like act that, or at the very least they used to be or maybe still is actual heat between the these two because of what like happened and the crowd was a much better too yes the crowd was just absolutely the Kurikan was just completely molten for these that match these two earned so like that one these two earned every bit of applause and uh, noise that they generated Whereas it was just yeah. kind of innate to the Miyahara Nakajima match. Uh, there were yes. moments in this and that's why that, one... that were legitimately yeah. silent. And that, if anything was going to knock it down from five, that would have been it. Because there were legitimately just moments in the match where yeah. the crowd didn't... You could have heard a mouse piss on cotton. Um, hmm? But they 
work the crowd and got into got them into it, which is arguably yeah. more impressive. But still. True, but like that's why, for example, like Nakajima versus Kento, like that's a five star match for me. I agree. And I mean, with them facing off a new Yogi and me being their life in fourth row. Yeah, I'm uh, incredibly that, that, that might be. A, I'm <laughs> I am very happy that I got those. Yeah, it was a bit difficult to like get our hands on them, but I'm I'm happy that we got them. Um, uh, that that one is probably gonna have a lot of like life bias, but I have a feeling that one is gonna t- make like a late run up my like match of the year list. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, I uh, was too this year, so. Oh god, yeah, that's that's really uh, good, yeah. well. I, I actually I was the low person on Dana Simkata in the building. I didn't think the match was very good. Um, really, I, I, okay, I watched it afterwards, and I think because I knew at that point that Danielson worked the match with his arm broken, actually, and had. I didn't know me. until after. Um, so at the time, I just thought it was like a four. I think that does make a difference. Uh, yeah. So at the time, I was just like, oh well, it's like a four star match. Um, and uh, I mean that sounds like weirdly dismissive of a four star match, but you don't picture that with Okada Danielson. <laughs> uh, but I was super yeah. into Omega Osprey. I thought that was sensational. I didn't. I had seen Omega twice, and had never quite gotten it. Mm-hmm. Um, my opinion of Omega skyrocketed from that match. I already had a great high opinion of Omega. I think he's one of the. I thought he was one of the twenty best workers of all time. My opinion of mm-hmm. him from both a, um, a work perspective and a presentation um, perspective, just he was so good in that match. Anyway, uh, I'll say, yeah, that was my uh, comparison point for you yeah. getting to go see a phenomenal fucking match that you're going to overwork. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I was at the 2019 Best of the Super Junior Finals. Wow, uh, Osprey Shingo, right? Shingo, yeah. that's still the best match I've Damn. ever seen live. Yeah, that's a... That was so fucking good. And this, I think, has a chance to rival it. Yeah, no, I, uh, I'll i tell you, uh, this is going to be a really, really hot take. I think just given the atmosphere and everything, I think this will probably be the biggest match of that weekend. Whatever they do on... You mean bigger than any of the ones at Wrestle Kingdom? Yeah. Definitely bigger than anyone anything's know about. Yeah, no, I I can I I can see that argument. Uh, yeah, and like just the way like tickets are just like flying off the shelves for it as well. Do you think they could have booked a bigger venue? Like one of the ticket sites, one of the ticket sites I looked at basically had like everything was like few tickets remaining except for like the second floor tickets. Do Do you think they could have booked a bigger venue? Uh, I don't know if I want to risk that as All Japan. I think I'm just going to take the selling out Yogi if they if they somehow manage to do that is a massive achievement for okay. All Japan at this point. So I'll just take that. Okay. Because otherwise you might like, I'd rather take that than them running like a half empty sumo hall. Which I don't know how much I would have sold there, but yeah. Uh, also, just real quick, one more thing I wanted to bring up. I, I really wanted to make sure I bring up about the match was just the finish. Just Nakajima A using the Northern mm-hmm. Lights bomb. And then also using the like Akira Hokuto pin on Yuma oh. Aoyagi as well. It rocked so much. And 
I was already like when they did the first match. I was already like, why don't they use like Sasaki and Hokuto at all in the build up, right? Because they're both like they're both kind of really essential mm -hmm. to this. Because this all like all of this heat between Kento and Nakajima stems from their time in their dojo, mm -hmm. and from Nakajima training Kento and again being a prank. Mm -hmm. So, but I have a feeling that maybe they are actually going to, like, use those two a bit more in the build-up for, like, the Yoyogi match. To, like, do, like, some promo, like, do some promotion and everything for it and all of that. So, because it would be weird if they don't get involved with it at all. And I think, like, Nakajima using, like, th like this specific finish for this match, I think, was also, like, it, it is symbolic, for yes. sure, I would say. Oh, yeah, that that was uh. So yeah. Yeah, that match was amazing. Just tremendous pro wrestling. Yeah. yeah, like that Yoyogi show. Like I, I mean, like that match alone is gonna make it great. But I'm really curious what they're gonna like put on the undercard and everything, and how they're gonna load it up because I feel like they want to make this like their biggest show in like a long time. Yeah, I mean, so okay, uh, this feels big. It already feels bigger than the 50 year anniversary, which is fucking I weird. Agree. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, this is kind of circling back. I understand that, you know, Minoru Suzuki isn't what he was, but I imagine mm -hmm. one great singles match out of it, uh, with the right dance partner. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but I would at least think it's possible. Why, what do you think? Would you, would you have him put over Anzai here? And I was going to say Anzai or Ayogi. Um, yeah. I think that, I mean... But I, I, I would have done more of a build to Suzuki being, a, you know, kind of a shit deal. Um, like, I don't... I mean, I will tell you, Suzuki and I have already had a singles match previously. I, I think that was Anzai's second ever match. Oh, second. I was good. Um, yeah, I mean, no, that would be a good spot to do it. Um, I mean, Suzuki isn't getting any younger. If you wanted to have a chance of getting a great match out of him, this is probably... If, I mean, if it if the window's not closed, it's closing. Um... So mm -hmm. yeah, I think I think if this run just turns into what it's been thus far, which is not Suzuki doing the job for people, I think you maybe should have been doing the job for. Um, I think you've. I I don't see the point, frankly. Um, <laughs> like I, if if the peak of this run is him just doing tags, I don't I don't know that that substantiates his fate. I think you have to book him against Anzai or uh, somebody to that level and have him lose. Uh, I think that's the correct decision. Um, I also think Nagata needs to lose on the show. I think I would be doing what I could to get Nagata back on the show. Yeah. He's clearly a still. I mean, to be fair, in that case, I think actually Nagata putting over Anzai is a lot more likely. I think Nagata putting over Anzai would be good. But I think, I, but I think, I really think because that's that is Anzai's debut at All Japan's 50-year anniversary was against Yuji Nagata. And Yuji Nagata is on record that he absolutely loves Yuma Anzai. Like, he really badly wanted Yuma Anzai to come to New yeah. Japan. And the only reason he didn't get him was because Suwama went to the same school as yeah. Anzai. Um, I think, uh, but I think Aoyagi deserves Wabu's too. And a big featured star. Yeah, no, I agree, um, I agree. Yes, yeah, so I would do. I would do. Nagata puts over Anzai, and Suzuki puts over Yuma. Yeah, um, I think that's correct. 
Okay, fair enough. Okay, and then let's just real quick. Uh, we're not gonna go over all of the real world hackling cards, and we kind of already gone over the final night. So we're just kind of quickly gonna go over the field for the real world hack league. And uh, I'm just gonna ask you what you think about each individual team in general, and just kind of blindly your predictions what you think uh, their chances are of winning the tournament. Okay, so first off, we have June Saito and Ray Saito, the Saito brothers. I shall not speak. Um, my first exposure <laughs> to them wasn't very good, but I understand that I pushed commodities, so I guess no. I have a chance. I have a pretty good chance of doing well. Yeah, I mean, they are the champions, too. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess that changes. I guess they probably won't win the thing at that point, but uh, they'll do well, I'm sure. Yeah, no, I think they'll win. Yeah. Then we have Yuma Aoyagi and Kento Miyahara. I fucking love that team. They were, if Kento wasn't going to be prominently featured elsewhere, I would say that would be my pick to win it, but um, I guess they'll probably lose. Yeah. Um, that team fucking rocks, you know. I think they'll stay in the mix until the end, but yeah, I don't I think agree. they're going to win. Ryuki Honda and Yuma Anzai. It's a nice little team. Mm -hmm. I think actually they're my favorites to win. Ooh, uh, I hope they don't because I want them to have singles matches. Uh, where? Uh, oh, you mean at yeah. Yoyogi? No, 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 no. So basically, the real world tag league champions challenge, like traditionally at least, they challenge at the Korokan show on the 3rd oh, of yeah, January. Alright, um, too many goddamn shows. So they can, they can do both. They can have singles matches yeah. at Yoyogi and then yeah. just do their title challenge at, uh, at okay, Korokan yeah, on the New Year's. And we have Suwama and Hideki Suzuki. <laughs> that's a dragon fucking team. Well, I'm not. That's not. Okay. I don't know. That just feels like it's such an old head fucking team. I like that team. Uh, I don't think they have a team. Yes. I guess yeah. they could win. I don't know. I don't know how Hideki's coach these days. Yeah, I think they have a chance to win. I would give them, like, outside a chance yeah. to win. But they're already teasing that Suwama and Hideki aren't getting along, so I think that might be something they're growing there. We have Shuji Ishikawa and Ren Ayabe. Yeah. I also think Ayabe is like getting signed in January to All Japan. Oh, nice. Like he's he's another guy that is like I think he needs like he needs a lot of development still. But he's still pretty young and he's like legitimately tall. Like he's really tall. Violent Giants too. Like he's basketball player tall. Yeah. Then we have from DDT Yukio Sakaguchi and Hideki Okatani. Yeah, those are certain names. Okay, no, those are actually two of the best. I like I, I Sakaguchi uh, in I DDT. Yeah. Now he is a younger guy. He's like uh, he's like kind of the eruption young boy, basically. Gotcha. Yeah. Then from Bleach we have Hayato Tamara and Galeno del Mal. Wow. So Galeno, the, I you have you have never seen Galeno no. del Mal. Uh, he is the brother of Doctor Wagner uh, of El Hijo de Doctor Wagner Jr. And I am currently live uh, googling a picture that I will show to Jeff, and then we will get Jeff's live reaction to uh, what Galeno del. Oh, actually, I have a, the perfect one because here he is next to his brother. So I can just uh, show you that. 
And then... Excellent audio. He is on. He is on the left. Okay. Honestly, kind of Chad. Yep. I'm kind of into it. Yeah. And even better, even better. Uh, he does Yahweh, like the the technical like. Lucas okay, stuff. hold on. So he does like arm hold drag. On. Is he good? Is he yeah. good? Yeah. He's oh, really good, actually. Okay, yeah. He did like like on in like his like third or second match in like lead. He did like a cannonball, and they treated that as like a like knockout finish. That's so fucking cool. Yeah, I'm into it. Yeah. Like I think if I'm all Japan, I'm not letting that guy walk out until I get him to like sign on for. Oh God! Yeah, because if you could run him and all uh, Japan. Wagner Junior Junior as a tag team. Oh, God, yeah, I'm surprised Noah hasn't brought this guy in. Like it's just actual like booking malpractice. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. Okay, and then we're taking a bit of a downturn oh. now. Uh, Japan, Tokyo, Kuroshio, and Sego Tachibana. So, if you don't know, Japan, Tokyo, Kuroshio is the new name of Ikemen Kuroshio. You're just making things up. No, that, I'm dead serious. That's his new name. Right. <laughs> and then we have Cyrus and Ryan Davidson. All right. Wait, I think I need to show you a picture of Cyrus. I am a looks guy. I I, I can. No, not. The... I'm. Well, I mean, uh, okay. What what type of look? <laughs> um, just unique. Uh, I mean, in shape helps, but if you're not in shape, you you know, I want King Kong Bundy fat, not Kevin Owens fat. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I think then you're actually gonna okay. like him. But it has to look intimidating. It can't be like Beer City Bruiser. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's see. Let's see. What do you say? Uh, that's really low res. Um, yeah, I can try to find. Look, he's an indie res. He's like a fucking Texan indie res. I don't know. Can't really find good pictures for him. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, he exists. Uh, I, the look has not like swayed me, if that's what you were hoping for. Okay. Yeah, but he's basically just a fat guy that hits hard. Yeah. And then our last team, Katsuhiko Nakajima and Hokuto Mori. I like that team. Yeah. I, I, I am really looking forward to that team as well. No. Yeah. No, I, I think, uh, again, they're one of those teams that is going to stay in the mix. I mean, they have to. Like, they literally have to triple crown. Right. You know? <laughs> so, uh, so, like, they're going to stay in the mix. And, uh, yeah, until the final night. And I, But, yeah, I don't think they have a chance of winning. So, like, if I just look for that entire field, to me, just Honda and Anzai are just the most logical team to win this. Because, like, a lot of the other ones are just outsiders. Or the Saitos, who are champion. Yuma and Kento. Well, Kento has the Triple Crown match coming up, so I don't think they're going to win. And then same with Nakajima and Omori. So, maybe, and so that's what I mean. Like, it's Honda and Anzai, or maybe Suwama and Suzuki. But I think, to me, Honda and Anzai are like the clear favorites here. Sure. Okay, so I think then it's about time we wrap this up. We might actually come in at just under three hours. But I'm actually really proud of us, given how many times it's been. Yeah, no, on. we got in under the three hours. Uh, everything uh, cleaned up pretty nicely. So then, 
Yeah, pluck your stuff. Uh, I don't have stuff. Um, I have a Twitter uh, <laughs> that I might remember. That. I think it's my controller. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, or no, it's an X now, even though that sounds like I have like a porn account. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, you might want to go to. No, no, no. You might want to go to your doctor yeah. with that. Uh, Jeff underscore Andrews twenty one. Uh, might change at some point. Uh, maybe I'll find something better to do with my life. I don't know. Probably not. Uh, I occasionally write articles for Voices of Wrestling. They are usually uh, New Japan adjacent or uh, sweeping commentary on what AEW is up to. Um, I'm not particularly enthralled with their current uh, existence. So, um, Other than that, you can usually find me shitposting in the Discord, much to uh, Rich's detriment and contempt. Uh, <laughs> And if you're in the Slack, you can find me shitposting there. So uh, that's pretty much my... <laughs> I'm pretty sure everyone that is in the Slack has seen you shitposting in yeah, the yeah, Slack. Yeah. <laughs> um, if, uh, if you haven't, uh, feel free to tune in. I'm sure it'll pop up at any time. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, uh, that's, that's pretty much it for me. Perfect. Okay, then. Thank you very much, Jeff, for joining. And yeah, we're probably going to be uh, back. Uh, in uh, about two weeks, kind of talk about the real world tag league and whatever's happening in Noah. I might, I'm actually kind of currently in the process as well of doing a bit of a big Japan rewatch, so I might talk about that as well if time allows. So, but until then, see you next time. Hello, Voices of Wrestling listener, Dave Ryan here. Have you ever wondered to yourself? How many hidden gems are hidden away inside the last years of World Championship Wrestling? Have you ever asked yourself how many tenuous gags can be made about the name Mike Enos? And have you ever thought about what it sounds like for two Irishmen to interpret a very chaotic company through its B-show? The answers to all this and more are just a click away. Check out Days of Thunder every second Thursday on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network.